My name's Angelo, and welcome to Picks Nation. Jacob and I are going to break down the entire UFC 294 fight card, giving you our picks, predictions, bets, and DraftKings plays. And you may say, what the hell are these two guys doing over here? And we'll answer that in a minute. But first, we got to celebrate the birthday boy. Yesterday was Jacob's birthday. Our big boy, Jake. 36 years old. He's a nice 65 inches tall, very tall. He weighs 138 pounds. He has fake teeth. Jacob loves Brazilians, Latinas, OnlyFans, picking fights, and you people. He loves nothing more than you people. Jacob can not go within 500 feet of a school, but he can say Tango El Gato Los Pantalones. He is not a ginger, supposedly. His favorite foods are hot dogs and under-seasoned air fryer wings. And his favorite toy is that long claw thing that he uses to grab things off the top shelf. So here's our progress chart for our boy Jakey. Very, very proud of you for turning 36 years old. I did put together a nice glow up video. I mean, look at this picture. Look at you now. This is the glow up that Jacob has is legendary. And let's just take a look at that glow up. down your girl <laughs> uh, Amanda and um, good luck with all your picks happy birthday happy birthday Jake she apologized <laughs> thank you for that um, I'll be honest she was looking pretty good right there I mean, I mean, she, she, was looking, she was looking fantastic she was looking pretty good in that uh, in that video um <laughs> Yeah, not much else to say. That was uh, caught off guard a little bit with that. So, uh, shout out to Macy Barber for that. And oh boy, yeah, appreciate you putting that together. Well, that actually took me like three hours because I, I don't know how to edit anything. So, happy birthday to Jakey Boy! In other big news, we're gonna find out what the hell you are. Well, why don't you go tell the people what's going on here? Yeah, so we, uh, I actually put, honestly, my life on the line because I did sign up a few weeks ago for, I mean, in three or four weeks we've been teasing this for the 23andMe. Turns out last week, 23andMe gets hacked. So my life, my life is literally at risk right now, my whole entire identity. But it basically was to get to the bottom of what I am. I mean, I've been called a ginger for... <laughs> Really, I've never been called a ginger until we started this YouTube thing, and then people decided I was a ginger, which, and I've said before, nothing pisses me off more than when people call me a ginger. I can, you know, I can I can take and I can roll with pretty much anything, right? Sure. Pretty much anything. But when people call me a ginger, it really, really pisses me off. So I said, you know what? I'm going to prove 
once and for all that I am not a ginger. So I have my 23andMe results on my phone. I got them last week. I didn't look at them yet. We wanted to wait until a big pay-per-view card. Do you want me to start opening those up right now and see what let's we got see, here? Let's see the results. I wish I had them. Actually, that would have been the better way to do it. Yeah, but I would have had to see them and then send them to you. And I, I want this to be a, a genuine. I literally have not all looked right. at these at all. Should I open them and then kind of try to scroll to the bottom and try to read them from the bottom up? Or just like, we'll just look at it and... You tell me. I think I'm going to open this up. Close and then your I'm eyes and look just swipe at, down. Yeah, scroll and then I'm going to see if I can do it from the bottom up to see. So I'm, I'm right here. I've got it up, right? I mean, 23 and me. I'm going to go to Ancestry Report. I assume that's what that is. I'm going to click it. Oh, boy. I, I did scroll <laughs> to the bottom, but I'll see right now. The first number I saw was about 93% something. <laughs> Which is not a good sign already. So let me start off by saying the first thing I see right here. The very bottom one. 0.6%. Western Asian and North African. <laughs> oh, you were hoping Western for a little Asian bit of African. And, and North African. Actually, the, the, the lowest one is 0.1%. That is uh, Trace Ancestry, which is Filipino and Aust Austronesian. So we are 0.6% okay. um, Western Asian and North African, which is, I expected a little bit more than that, but maybe how we'll much see does something. Mike, how much does Mike Perry have for his card? Was it 1%? I don't, I don't know, but I'll be honest with you. The, the next thing I'm seeing here. <laughs> so then it just immediately goes from, <laughs> Oh my God. So it goes from, and this is not a fucking joke either. It goes from 0.6% Western Asian and North African to 99.3% European. 90, this is, there's got to be something absolutely not right with this one. So here he goes. It is, I am 99.3% European to the surprise, I think, of most people. If, if you know me, <laughs> yeah, you no, know who I am. Surprised. I am sure, 99. Point, so we go through here, and I'll just go through. Broadly European, 0.1%. Spanish and Portuguese. This is an interesting one. It's not Brazilian, but still Portuguese. 2. Same language. The language Two. of love. That's right. 2.3%. Italian, 3.7%. So me and you were very wait, how did, how did, how Wait, these don't total up to 100%? They do, yeah. You, started, you, you said you were 99%. Oh, we've got a ways to go, yeah. This is this is the six percent of the Southern European makes up Italian and Spanish and Portuguese. I'm I'm moving on. Oh, you're six percent right? of the point zero something percent. No, this is the European. This is six percent of the ninety nine point three percent. Oh, I got you. My bad. Come right. on, let's stay with it. Broadly, now now we're at the um, we're at northwestern European is ninety three point two percent. Okay. So we have broadly Northwestern European, which is just a broad spectrum, I guess, is 17.7%. Have we gotten past the, the gingers yet? I don't I, I think Scandinavian. All... Scandinavian. I don't think those are gingers, right? Those they are sound just blonde. those are those are just blonde haired people, right? That would be 17.1%. Still no gingers. I don't I don't see any gingers in here yet. French and German. Still not not really German. Those are gingers, those are just normal people. 25.8% French and German. Now we have, oh, we have. <laughs> oh, man. Wait, hold on. 
I googled what country are ginger people from? Northern and Northwestern Europe is the answer. <laughs> That's not right, but at 30, right. the most we I have at 32.6% is British. Um, and it says British and Irish. Um, so it's, right. it's British. <laughs> so it's uh, basically England. So I'm, I'm 99.3% European, 32.6% British and Irish. And uh, 25.8% French and German. So I don't see anything Ireland, in there. Ireland as... has the highest number of red-haired people per capita in the world. With the I didn't percentage say Ireland. Of those, you said Irish. You mumbled it. No, I said British. It's 32.6% British. And it says, like, um, I mean, the regions on here are... So are you officially it says country not a matches. Is that, Here's is that the country your... matches. It says United United Kingdom, highly likely. It even oh, okay. lists like Glasgow, Glasgow City and stuff. It says, "Okay, here you go." Actually, let's well, let's let's break this down. It, it did say British and Irish. Okay, we we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> oh, okay, but it's thirty two point six. That's my, but it says England highly likely, and then it says Scotland and Northern Ireland likely. So that's honestly, I mean, I'll put it right there on the screen. So it says, "There's the um, if it's gonna focus there. I'm not sure if it is or not, but maybe if I get real close." There's the 32.6%, and it says highly likely for England and just likely. Oh, there there you go. Just likely. Just likely. So I am officially not a ginger. Likely. You're officially likely a ginger. Got it. I'm officially not a ginger, and I am 0.6% Western Asian and North African. I think that's the most important piece. Can you believe that? 99.3% European? Yeah, I can believe it. Look at you. <laughs> I literally, I am shell shocked right now. <laughs> I, I've they, never they give seen you a map of where delusional. you could be from. It's just, I mean, this is just. Look, yeah. I mean, there's the number. Right, look at this. Unbelievable. I, I don't know what you thought you were, but you're basically well, see. Fucking, I think everyone is surprised. <laughs> Your father might be the most surprised, but nobody. Holy I don't think anybody shit. else is. Ninety nine. <laughs> You're the problem. It's you. Well, let's go ahead and move on. Happy to hear that you're only likely from a ginger originating country. That's better than what the chat would have pegged it at. Anyway, you guys want to know why the hell we're here on this channel? The reality is we've got 18,300 subscribers on We Want Picks and about 5,000 on Picks Nation. So we're here streaming on Picks Nation, doing the UFC 294 content on Picks Nation to grow this channel. We want to be as diverse as possible. You should follow us on every single social. Every single social it's We Want Picks, except this one, which is Picks Nations. We're on Discord, 100% free. You should join the links to all these in the description. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube. We are streaming live to Kick. We do stream live to Twitch. And we are audio only on Spotify and every other audio podcast. 66% what? Bald spot? You do not have a bald spot. Yeah, you don't. You got beautiful hair. Congratulations. That's your, there's your big win. Anyway, we're here to grow this channel. So like, subscribe to all the things so that next time my computer gets hacked, people have been here for a little while. Remember, my computer was hacked and I had no access to YouTube for a little while. We had to go to Discord. So subscribe to all the things, do all the things. It costs you absolutely nothing But what does cost a little money is premium membership. It's only $10 a month. You're going to unlock the safety parlay. The safety parlay, on average, 
is at 1.78 units per month of net profit. We've only had 11 months of safety parlays, right? About a year worth of safety parlays. Not quite, but almost a full year of safety parlays. The net profit of all of those is 19.7 units. That excuse extrapolates out me. to 1.78 units a month of net profit. Excuse me. This, I think, really signifies that I'm not a ginger. This has a percentage mm. of likelihood that you have freckles. I would I would agree that, that ginger <laughs> people... That ginger people have freckles, right? 55% chance I do not have freckles, which means I, I mean, am not a ginger. The you're, stats you're just do one not lie. Freckle. The stats do not lie. There is a chance that I don't have freckles. I am not a ginger. Okay. You're, you're nothing but freckles, and I will find the pictures and zoom in to prove it. As I'm plugging premium, we got Kron's Nation interesting name saying premium is honestly worth it the safety parlay is just one of the many things that you're going to get you're also going to get the line movement tracker opening odds current odds win probability and line movement for every single fighter on every single card two fighters on this card open as dogs and will close as favorite six fighters on this card have had 60 percent line movement or more what are you showing us now lighter dark hair what does it say it says I have a 35% chance of light brown hair, a 33% chance of dark blonde hair, a 24% chance of dark brown hair, and a 7% 7 chance, 7 chance of light blonde hair. Nothing about red hair. <laughs> sure. If oh, you think this oh, is the vindication. Oh, oh, this is the one. This is the one, motherfuckers. Everyone sit down. Shut up. Angelo, get ready for this one. We're mm. celebrating tonight, baby. Red hair. Jacob, your genetics predict that. <laughs> Boom. 95% chance you do not have red hair. 95% <laughs> chance you do not have red hair, motherfuckers. Vindication once and for all. I am not a ginger, baby. Woo! <laughs> Woo! That's it, baby. There we you did go. it. Congratulations on all your success. You are not a ginger. Well done. I'm still going to call you a ginger to rile you up, but congratulations on not being one officially. Woo! Very, very impressive. Very impressive. It's way off on the freckle thing, though, so that's a little interesting. Anyway, you're also going to get the detailed data metrics and analytics, and these tools are so very, very important because you can come in here, manipulate the data. You can come in here, use the tools, look at the information, scare yourself away from a bad bet, psych yourself into a good one. We want picks.com only $10 a month. You unlock all of it, but wait, there's more. You're also going to get a DraftKings optimizer. If you do daily fantasy or DraftKings daily fantasy, this optimizer will literally build lineups for you. It'll build 150 lineups for you with just a couple of clicks. It's preloaded with the best data on the planet. That is not an exaggeration. You're also going to get courses. If you say, what the hell is an optimizer? What did he just say? Well, we have a course that'll walk you through exactly what it is. Click on more in the menu and then click on courses and it'll walk you through what DraftKings Fantasy is, what these big giant salaries you're about to see on these slides mean and how you can use them to play some games and make some money. You're also going to get more than just me and not Ginger. You're going to get Running Mouth MMA. There's three of them giving you picks, bets, and insight. You're going to get Artem giving you picks, bets, insight for UFC, Bellator, LFA, Cage Warriors, all the regional shows, and the Pick Doctor, who is a nuclear physicist developing an AI picking fights. All this available for We Want, nope, at 
wewantpicks.com. Click become a member at the top. It is only $10 a month. Don't forget, if you want to mail us some stuff, we will open these things on the vlogs, on the call-in shows. We'll open this stuff. We'll wear your stuff if you're trying to promote your small business. And if you're trying to send Jacob some gag gifts, I would absolutely love to open those on camera. Here's the address. It's on the website and the description of this video as well. Jakey boy, have you uh, come back from your high? You ready to go? You ready to jump in? I'm locked in, baby. I'm excited He's about that. He's locked in. Speaking of gingers, look at this. <laughs> Jesus. There you go. I mean, that is, if you lost an eye, that is basically what you look like. I, like, literally, very Nine, insanely similar. 95%. 95%. That's how I'm built. Okay. Oh, man. That's the best day of my life. 6% Northern African and not a ginger. Couldn't have asked for anything better. Congratulations on all your success. Diesel said, what's up with the new channel name? Diesel, we covered that. This is our second channel. We have two different YouTube channels. We have We Want Picks and we have Picks Nation. We're streaming everything this week on this channel because we want to grow this channel. We have 18,300 followers on We Want Picks. We have a little over 5,000 here on Picks Nation and we want these to grow. We want them to be equally sized and then we'll split up the content, diversify what we're doing on each channel. But this is how we're going to get you to subscribe over here. Let's go ahead and jump in. Opening up the UFC 294 fight card. We have a legitimate banger. This could be a featured prelim fight. This is a fantastic fight. We got Bruno Silva taking on Shara Magomedov. Bruno Silva, 23-9 and nine overall. 2-3 and three in his last five. He's coming off that loss to Brendan Allen. Taking on Shara Magomedov. This guy is undefeated at 11-0 with 10 knockouts we know bruno silva by now right this guy's a very good striker he does have some solid bjj even if he doesn't always use it he can absolutely knock your head off at any moment with one single punch or even implement a grapple heavy game plan he took down alex Pajeda twice in that decision loss and that was just a couple of fights ago although he does have some great hands you're going to see he has a negative striking differential he does get hit very often and we are starting to see his chin fade a little bit brendan allen was able to drop him submit him um, Gerald Minashart essentially did the same as well. He dropped him. And he's taken on a very, very dangerous striker in Shara Magomedov. This guy looks wild as hell. And he is wild. I mean, first of all, that right eye is fake. The beard, the hair, looks homeless. Comes out, phenomenal striker. He's going to come forward. He's going to use the kicks, use the punches, set up that incredible kickboxing technique of his. He is an accomplished striker. He has been competing in multiple striking martial arts since he was a teenager. He's insanely powerful. He's fast. He will mix up the striking techniques. Takedown defense is actually okay. His takedown offense is non-existent. He is not a wrestler. That beard implies that he is a wrestler. He is not a wrestler. You're going to see the last name. You're going to see the country. Not a wrestler, all striker, but a very good one at that. And the reality is, I am very confident in Shara Magomedov. Frankly, oh, do I not have, here we go, I got the slides backwards. Frankly, I think that these odds are actually pretty decent. He opened at a minus 300 favorite. He's now a minus 240 favorite, and I agree with that. If anything, it could be a little wider. The reality is, we watched Bruno Silva get dropped by Gerald Mearshart, get dropped by Brendan Allen. If they're dropping him, Shara Magomedov is, is going to put him out. And that's just the unfortunate reality of the situation. Bruno Silva is a guy that I love, a guy I've bet on in the past, and a guy I have trusted in the past with my money, but not this time. Jakey boy, what do you think? 
yeah, still kind of really kind of soaking in this moment for me. It's it's mm-hmm. been a it's been nice. I really am surprised. Ninety nine point three percent European is <laughs> it's a pretty wild. But uh, yeah, Shara is a, a very very good striker. I know a lot of people are going to harp on the fact that you know level of competition he hasn't fought anybody. I, I, that's how it's going to be for most regional people. I mean, that's just the way it is when you come through a regional scene, and especially when you're not like in a in a country that's like well known for like well rounded mixed martial arts. You're gonna have you're gonna run into people that aren't very high level, and your goal and the the job is to beat all those people. Guess what? He has beat all those people. But when you, when you watch him strike, you can tell. Yeah. You know, he hasn't, the level of competition isn't there, but the striking looks clean. I mean, you said it perfectly. I mean, he's a very, very clean striker. I don't think he's as wild as what you kind of alluded to. I think he's a pretty. I meant he's, yeah, yeah, no, no. When I said wild, just like wild looking, like he's a wild dude. Not, he's a his wild stri- dude. His striking I, is, is technical. Yeah, and, and I mentioned it to you, and I, for the longest time, I literally thought that this guy was fake. I still, for some reason, I think that this guy is fake. I saw the TikTok start emerging like six months ago, whatever it was, when there was word that he was going to come to the UFC. I thought they were AI generated. I mean, you look at this guy and you're like, this guy looks like a creative character. Like if you're coming out, like you want this scary Russian to come to the UFC, this is what the AI would generate. And he lives up to that hype in my mind. Bruno Silva is going to be live in this matchup, but he's going to be live in the way that most people are going to be live. When you get to that 170, especially the 185, 205, 265, everybody's going to be live to knock somebody out, right? They're all big dudes. They all swing. They can all knock people out. And that's going to be Bruno's chance is is get in those car crash situations. And he almost did that versus Brendan Allen. I mean, he got in those situations and he had those uh, you know, a couple shots where it's like, oh, is Brendan Allen hurt? If, if Shower comes in and thinks... You know, I want to show out first fight of the night. I'm a UFC debut, and I do get wild, and I do get in the face of Bruno Silva. He might catch one, and maybe he does get knocked out. But the way I watch Shara fight is he seems like a pretty technical guy. He'll kind of take his time, and if he takes his time, Bruno eventually will make a mistake, and the shot should be there. Bruno seems like he's kind of been, ever since he was basically kind of known as the guy that didn't get knocked out by Alex Pajeda for a while. <laughs> yeah, that it's, is what most people are saying. Oh, he's right, so durable. Not right, anymore. It, yeah, and since then, it seems like he's gotten sloppier and sloppier with the striking. I think this is probably one of his last fights in the UFC. I think Shar comes in. If he takes his time, he should find the opportunity. I think maybe the value here might even be like in a second round. You know, kind of takes his time in the second round, finds a finish. But uh, I'm definitely on the Shar side in this. I got it for, I actually got it for minus like 190. Um, so I feel pretty good about that, his money line. I've got a couple of parlays uh, going. I- I'm not overly exposed to any one fighter, but I do have... Shara in a parlay. I think he's pretty safe. So let me just address. I, that's a very common theme I'm seeing in the comments section of uh, my video on We Want Picks and then uh, your Quick Picks video here on Picks Nation. The He's fought nobody. Regional people. Let me walk you through. First of all, his official MMA record, 11-0. He actually has 17 fights under his belt. But some of them have modified MMA rules. I don't know what the modification was. But regardless, those are not on his official record. He's beating the piss out of those people as well. And if we look at the actual fighters that you guys are saying are regional bums, he just beat, I'm not even going to try to attempt to say this guy's name, McCall. He just beat this dude last December. He is 21 and 5. He beat a dude 16 and 4. He beat a dude 27 and 21. A yeah, guy but everyone's going to say that guy who's nine their, their records are padded as well. Okay. I mean, the reality is like, right, like you can't you please said, anyone, yeah. Yeah, like everyone, said, everyone fights regional bums. I mean, that's just, there's regional bums everywhere. You have to fight them. 
Yeah, what are you going to do? Your first fight's going to be, you know, Alex Pajeda. And you yeah, could argue Alex Pajeda fought first, Nobody Bronx. makes their, their pro debut in the UFC. A um, couple people have. Anyway, I agree with you. I think Shara absolutely gets this done. Um, if we didn't see Brendan Allen drop Bruno, if we didn't see Gerald Mearshar drop, drop Bruno, it'd be a little bit different. But we did see it. I think $8,600 in DraftKings Fantasy, probably a discount, probably worth it. This isn't this isn't a oh pick your side one of these guys is gonna get knocked out yeah, one of them will get knocked out but in my mind it's a ninety percent chance that it's Bruno Silva and I love Bruno Silva I picked him to beat who did he just beat the Hawaiian Brad Tavares I picked him to beat Brad Tavares and he did so Charles both of our picks are you gonna put him in your DraftKings lineup at eighty six hundred loots yeah this guy could end up being. I think the value is there just because it is a de debut and people are a little bit worried about it, but he could be, there's two people that could end up being like the, the best value on the card in, in both DraftKings and Moneyline. I mean, he's one of those rare ones. I mean, everyone on this card is just so inflated at this point that um, he could have the best value. No, I completely agree. You're building your DraftKings lineup. I think he makes some sense. If you don't know what DraftKings Fantasy is, I promise you it's a ton of fun. You could literally play for free. You could play for a couple of pennies. You could play for tens of thousands of dollars. And we'll teach you how. Just go to wewantpicks.com, become a member. It's only 10 bucks. And then click on more in the menu and then courses. And there's a whole beginner's guide. I promise you it's a ton of fun in all seriousness. That's actually what the, the uh, precipice of We Want Picks was and uh, doing all this. I started We Want Picks in 2016 as a written blog talking about who you should put in your DraftKings lineups and stuff. Then I had my daughter and just kind of let it sit for a little bit. And then COVID came, me, Jacob, a few other people were playing DraftKings Fantasy. UFC was the only sport back and it was a ton of fun. And we're like, we should make a channel about this. So then we I was like, we should, we should make yeah, a channel. You, yeah, your idea. And then, um, honestly, part of the inspiration to doing that, here's a little shout out to, to the, the fellas up north. Was, uh, what the hell's their name? Oh my God, Fight Night Picks. Because I would be doing my research to build my fantasy lineup and I came across them. Oh, look at that. Oh, they have a, a video podcast, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So then we started doing the same and now they're shutting down. So really, it's it's crazy. Crazy world out there. We on picks.com, click become a member. It's only 10 doll hairs a month. I hear my dog choking to death outside. Probably didn't hear that. Mm, speaking of, I don't know if it was the expensive dog or the mm, old one, but mm. next up at UFC 294, we have at Victoria Dudikova taking on Jin Yu Fry. Victoria Dudikova undefeated, seven and zero. She does have six career stoppages. She is coming off the absolute savage beating over yet another terrible lock of the week. She's taking on Jin Yu Fry, eleven and nine overall, two and three in her last five. She is riding an unfortunate three-fight skid. What, what is there, a delay on the audio? You just heard that now? No, I've been sitting here like, well, why? <laughs> it's just like trash meat day or something? I, I, I brought in Macy. That's what I'm saying. I mean, she did look good in that video. Like, that she's, was, I, said, uh, I got that. I was like, damn, dude. <laughs> like, you're like, let me up. request another one. <laughs> yeah, she, you was, have another yeah, one saved on your phone like, Angela. You're so. <laughs> nah, Jacob she does was looking suck. good. You have to you have to send me that one uh, directly. I'll post it on Twitter. I will. How about um, people not understanding? Sorry. Actually, do it right we'll now. I'll, I'll tweet it. Wait. Do this final edit. Just wait a second. While you're talking, I'll send it to you. No, just anyway, the actual. The actual. Would you video shut the hell up the and one. let me break this down? Victoria Dudikova taking on Jin Yu Fry. Jin Yu Fry. 
Tried and true. 11 and 9, not great. Uh, is on a three-fight skid. Not great as in the record. She is actually a very skilled fighter. She is a little older, but she is experienced. She's technical. She's patient. She wants to come forward, hold you against the cage, rack up that control time, potentially take you down, grind out from there. She does like to wrestle. She is a heavy grappler. She likes to use her strides, her strength, and her physicality well. Check out her Instagram. She is jacked. Like, she is in phenomenal shape. Absolutely jacked. And she uses that strength. We've talked about other, like Hannah Goldie, how jacked she is. She doesn't use that strength. She's not strong at all. Jane Fry, on the other hand, will bully you. She will push you around. She is on a bit of a skid. Three losses in a row. That most recent was to Elise Reed, where she was able to get three takedowns, but that just still wasn't enough to win the decision. Taking on Victoria Dudikova. She's a very exciting fighter. She's going to come across the cage, let her hands fly. She'll strike at distance or she'll work in some grappling. For the most part, she does want to grapple. Her BJJ is slick. You're going to find tape of her shooting blast doubles as well as defending shots and then just striking. She is coming off of the win over Estella Nunez where she shot a beautiful takedown, was getting the takedown. Estella blocked with her arm, her elbow broke, and then that was the end of that. So not necessarily a win, but I mean, it was a win. I think these odds are a bit wide, frankly. I know you're very much on the Victoria side, but the reality is Victoria needs to come forward, get a bunch of takedowns. Get a takedown. That's how Victoria's going to win this fight. Jin Yu Fry is big. She's strong. Her takedown defense is solid. If she comes forward, now Victoria's defending takedowns because she might end up on her back. And Victoria is not like this savage jujitsu animal like we saw last weekend. She, if she gets taken down, she could be held on her back and she could be in a little bit of trouble. So I do think Victoria is going to win. I mean, clearly, Jin Yu Fry is, you know, she's, she's lost a couple in a row. She's a little bit older, you know, probably a little bit of a step behind here and there. But she's still very good, very strong, in very good shape. I think she can come forward, potentially slow the pace. I don't think this is going to be a wild beating. A plus three and a half bet on Jin Yu Fry might even be worth it. I'll take a look at those odds, see a little closer. But... Victoria's going to be the pick because of just youth, speed, athleticism, those things. But skill-wise, I mean, Jin Yu Fry is just as skilled, if not more skilled, and has all the veteran savvy. And she's going to be the more physical fighter here. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Yeah, um, Jin Yu Fry, the plus three and a half you're talking about is plus 200. I'm actually pretty surprised that you're not on the uh, really loaded up on the Victoria side because I know you were previously, and I think Estella was a, a more dangerous matchup for Jin Yu Fry. But I'll, I will stick to my guns and say that I'm, I'm going to pick Victoria. Right, and she should win this matchup, but she still is pretty untested. I mean, she's a young girl that's, I don't want to say, she's not really a decision 24. fighter, but yeah, that she's not really a decision fighter because she has like a few finishes, but I think at the UFC level, she's probably going to be more of a decision fighter with the way that she fights and her grappling style. And in that contender series fight, which was her last, are you sending me that video of Macy, by the way? Did you forget? I forgot. I'll send it right now. Chill, um, dude. Creep. Well, I want to tweet it before it gets too late. I mean, there's there's a there's timing to to engagement. You know what I mean? So okay. I just you know I'm the I'm so the master of I'm the master of, <laughs> of engagement. So um, there there's just there's still some a few question marks because that Estella fight was like you didn't learn anything from the Estella fight. Her so her last fight was the contender series fight, and in that contender series fight, I know that she blew out her knee in that third round, but she looked like she was starting to have some fatigue issues going into that third round. I will say this about Victoria: she has the tools to beat a girl like Jin Frey. There's no doubt about that with the wrestling, but and there's a few fights that I'm going to say this about: if Victoria does not win the first round of this fight 
it is going to be very, very interesting the way the rest of this fight plays out. There's a few fighters that are huge favorites. That if they don't win the first round, there's going to be some big question marks because there are some question marks with Victoria in her striking. So if she comes in and can't get the takedowns like she thinks she's going to get, I mean, Jenny Frey is a girl that can hang around in those moments and make this a very close fight. So, you know, long story short, Victoria is going to be my pick. I think that she can get those takedowns. I don't know if she's exactly going to finish a girl like Jenny Frey on the ground, but <laughs> if she doesn't win the first round, if she's not getting the takedowns, and this is a close first round, there's going to be a lot of people that are clutching their pearls, that are sweating, that are gasping, because I know a lot of people are putting her in parlays. We've seen the big female favorites fucking lay eggs in the past especially <laughs> lately you know i we i've been burned by those so i'm you know i'm staying i, I haven't completely stayed away i did put her in a, in a parlay but um you know this is uh should be interesting she's good though and she's uh i'll be honest with you she is she is beautiful she looks and she looks that. like somebody said she looks like uh you know, Electra she looks like, in Daredevil. She looks like the girl next door. What was her name? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She looks like yeah. uh, exactly her like name? her. Um, I can't remember. I, she was like she was my crush forever. I, um, Everybody's Alicia Cuthbert. Alicia, Alicia Cuthbert. Yeah, she looks yeah, like yeah. Alicia. She Cuthbert. looks exactly yeah. like Alicia. Alicia Cuthbert. Oh yeah, yeah. sure yeah, does. Saying, yeah. So Victoria, <laughs> listen, we could put our differences. I know I picked against you for lock of the week, but I think we could put our differences aside. I think me and you. I mean, I am ninety nine point six percent, ninety nine point three percent. European, people. yeah, you're her yeah. people, and and I'm I'm seventeen percent. Yeah, Scandinavian. Russia is Russia is Asia, by the way, not Europe. I am. You have a little bit of Asian. <laughs> I don't know if they like the North African component of all that. But I think you're out of luck here. You're not ginger though. That's nice. There you go. Heard it from. There you go. Clip that somebody. $9,200 in DraftKings. You trust it? She's going to need the takedown. She's going to need the control time. She's going to need the finish. And I think she's going to struggle a little bit with a tried and true vet. I don't think she's going to put up $9,200 worth of points over Virginia Fry. Do you? Yeah, I think there's I think there's better spots. Yeah, I agree. That's that's a very expensive DraftKings lineup entry. Like, that's an expensive person to take a slot I did. against that was the tried and true vet. That was funny. I'm, I, I know that you watched it because you watch all my stuff. But on my quick pick video when I was talking about Victoria, I literally Freudian slip just said Victoria's Secret. Fuck <laughs> it, just just absolutely <laughs> let it slip. I was like, well, Victoria's Secret. There we go. There it is. You know what's on my mind? What? Sex all the time. Twenty four seven. Makes sense. Hey, they're <laughs> 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 right. That's a nice little segment. Speaking of, yeah. Anyway, uh, both of us on the Victoria Dudakova side, Jacob, a little bit more confident than I am in her to get this done. I do think youth is going to be the biggest factor here, not skill, because I think Jin Yu Fry is uh, definitely the more skilled fighter. She's going to be the more physical fighter. And I'm not worried about, you know, Jinyu getting taken down, submitted, or knocked down, or anything like that. So over two and a half might make a lot of sense. Plus three and a half at plus 200 is pretty wild as well. If you want to take a peek at all the bets, all the picks, the tools, the insight, everything else that Premium has to offer, it's only $10 a month. Somebody's going to try to sell you a Patreon for 10, 15 bucks. Stupid. Makes no sense. Somebody's going to try and sell you used underwear. <laughs> 
Hannah Goldie is selling her used underwear <laughs> for thousands of dollars. We're selling Un, unwashed too. She made 10. it very clear. This unwashed. Used oh, underwear. she'll sell that for a couple thousand dollars. I think. We want picks.com. Click become a member and help us get a little bit closer to those unwashed underwears. It's funny. I just pluraled underwears because that's a very uh, Italian immigrant thing to say. Oh, I am uh, 3.6% Italian, so I get it. Well, then uh, you can apologize to my mother for when you came over the house with McDonald's after she made all that food. Well, that was the German in me. (laughs) Well, John Rojas just signed up for premium, and he's going to check it out. If you don't know how to use it, Johnny, as soon as you're logged in, everything's premium. There is a video, the pinned video to our profile on the We Want Picks page that will walk you through every single feature and function next up at ufc 294 we have nathaniel wood in a very low slot on the card i don't know if it's because of time zones or locally nobody cares about him but there's a pretty low slot for a guy like this he's taking on muhammad naimov nathaniel wood 19 and 5 overall four and one in his last five he is riding a three fight win streak Taking on Muhammad Naimov, 9-2 overall. 4-1 in his last five. He's coming off a very successful UFC debut. Nathaniel Wood, good striker, solid power, great dirty boxing. He can grapple as well. He's got takedowns in seven of his nine UFC fight submissions in three of those fights. His upper body takedowns are pretty slick. He's got really good control on the ground. He's got nice volume at more than six significant strikes per minute and an impressive 76% takedown defense. He's coming off that absolute war with Andre Feely where both of them had knockdowns. He's taking on Muhammad Naimov. This guy's a pretty well-rounded guy. He wants to strike, but he can wrestle if he needs to. He's fast. He's athletic. Old-school martial arts striking background. He likes to plot forward, throw in combinations. If he's closing the distance, if he's nice and close, he's going to clinch up. He'll strike from inside the clinch. He's going to actively defend takedowns early because he wants to strike. But if he's getting the wrong side of those exchanges, he'll go ahead. He'll shoot some takedowns. He'll try to get it to the ground. His takedown defense is solid. Takedown offense, not so great. He's coming off that short notice upset win over Jamie Malarkey where he was taken down three times, wasn't really winning that fight, and then landed that big power. Naimov can definitely be another big spoiler, right? He can show up, lose most of the fight, and then pull out a win, just like he did in the last fight. But the reality is, watching Nathaniel Wood in the war with Andre Feely actually makes me more confident in him in this fight. I mean, he got cracked. He got dropped. Andre Feely is... I don't, say I'm some stupid not, shit. Yeah, say not, some stupid he's shit. He's very, very, very good. He's very good. Like, very good. Um, he's not going to accomplish... You know, I think he's a little bit past his prime. He got pushed a little too early. got hit too hard a couple of times. So his chin isn't necessarily there. But he's a very good, talented fighter. He's much better than Naimov. I think Nathaniel Wood wins this fight. And literally that war... With Andre Feely is what has me being confident. I don't necessarily love these three to one odds because I am worried about Naimov's power, but watching Nathaniel get cracked, pull himself together, and keep coming forward, I do think he gets it done. I do not, I have four or five parlays on this card. He's not in one of them. Not one. Smart man. Smart man. Yeah, I'm I'm actually, I like Nathaniel Wood. I think he's a a very good. I think he's the better fighter of the two. I, 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 I think that he is the better overall fighter than two. And I think at, at, at 145, he's probably going to be the better overall fighter from... You good, huh? I dropped the cap to my water. 
oh, I thought it was a little backstretch. I didn't know what was. I thought you were about no. to faceplant on that shit. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to be the better overall fighter for mo the, most of the people that he faces. I think he's going to win a lot of fights at 145 with that well-rounded style. He's such a slick counter-striker. The issue is... When I watch him fight, when I watch him strike, is when he gets in, because he, he just kind of stands in front of you, right? He's got that high guard, he's peeking through the gloves, and he's waiting to counter, and he does it very, very effectively. But when he goes, and he, he stays in the pocket, and when he stays in the pocket, he does get hit. I mean, he, I mean, there's no question about this. This guy does get hit. And that style that he has brought from 135 to 145, I think, is eventually going to give him some issues. Because those 135ers don't hit quite as hard as those 145ers. And we're already starting to see some issues. He, he fought J Jordan. He caught a knee. Ate it fine. I agree. Ate it fine. He, he, he fights Feely. Gets dropped immediately. Pops back fine. Gets dropped. Not really almost finished, but it was kind of a bad drop a little bit later on, I think, in the second round of that fight. So he's starting to get touched more. And Naomov is a guy... That you do not want to have touching your chin. He came in on, what, six days notice, up in weight at 155 versus a very good Jamie Malarkey. Jamie Malarkey is definitely one of the best fighters probably in UFC history. Great looking guy. Guy is absolutely beautiful. Sexiest man alive. I think he finished second the last three years or something like that in people's vote for sexiest man alive. Great guy. Great fighter. Came in. Mixed in some takedowns, right? Got Naimov to the ground, but Naimov was able to pop back to his feet and found the knockout shot in the pocket, which is where Nathaniel Wood hangs out a lot. The things I, I worry about for Naimov, he is my pick in this matchup because I think that the power is going to be there. The things I worry about is twofold. Number one, the grappling of Nathaniel Wood. I don't worry so much about the takedowns because Nathaniel Wood's not really a, a wrestler, but he has these slick little trip takedowns that he does. If he gets on top, I think he's going to be the better like grappler, and he could control the positions against Naimov. But the biggest thing, which is going to give me fucking Angelo, is going to be fucking P PTSD flashbacks, is his leg kicks. He has just really, really <laughs> nasty. What's so funny? That Adrian Yanez took a half of a leg kick and immediately crumbled. First of all, Yanez. That, Second sure, of all, right. blew out his MCL. Guy's got a blown out knee. Still fought through it. Almost got a takedown in the You're second right, round. Tough. Almost got a finish. I honestly, if you look at the headshots for that fight, he landed, I think, three or four more headshots. I honestly might have scored that round 1-0 for, for <laughs> Yanez in that fight. But going back to this fight, We've seen leg kicks be very, very effective, especially lately. I mean, it's been a big thing for the last few years, but it seems like the last few weeks there's been a lot of fights. Nathaniel Wood has a very sneaky leg kick because when he's in the pocket with that high guard, he will throw it almost like a Justin Gagey. Uh, my hope is that Naomov knows that's coming, can time those shots because it's a little bit different than the Jonathan Martinez, right, throws him at range. Long, rangy guy, so you can't really get to him. Nathaniel Wood throws him in the pocket, so hopefully Naomov can counter that. I'm picking Naomov here. I think the power is going to get Nathaniel Wood. I don't like picking three-to-one favorites that get dropped as often as Nathaniel Wood does. He's going to find some issues with his style at 145, and I think he's going to run into a buzzsaw here in Naomov. That's my pick. Knockout. Yeah, like I said, I have uh, four or five parlays already, and Nathaniel Wood's not in any one of them. I do think he wins, but I don't trust him enough. To match and he's not a dangerous guy else. himself, you know. I mean, no. he's just he just so. I no, think the best value on this on this card, I'll give you a free play right now, is is Naomov inside the distance decisional action. 
I, it's so funny you say that. First of all, the DraftKings price in Naima is $7,200, not $9,200. Um, I just took that note on my spreadsheet here inside of distance decision, no action. What's that What's that price point? Do you know? Uh, I already played it, and it's plus 130. I think I got it at plus – let me look at what I got at. I got it at plus 160 for premium members, but it's so plus it's 130 now. Yeah. yeah, all right. Yeah, I actually took that note for myself to hop on that, so I'll probably place that soon. If you're a premium member, you will get the alert, and you will see if and when I do. DraftKings-wise, I think Muhammad Nayamov makes more sense at the $7,200 price point than Nathaniel Wood does at the 9000 I just I can't get behind the 3-1 to one odds. I do think he wins. But it may look like the Andre Feely fight. Just actually, he, I think he probably scored well in that Andre Feely fight. But it may be similar to that, where it's kind of sloppy. He gets banged around a little bit, but he is tough. He's not going to quit. He's not going to quit on you, and he's just going to rely on his volume to get it done. Because at the end of the day, volume and a takedown is what won that fight for Nathaniel Wood. I think that's what wins him this fight: volume and a takedown. But that inside a distance decision, no action bet's probably a decent bet. If you don't know what that means, basically, if Naimov knocks out or finishes Nathaniel Wood, you get paid. If he loses a decision, you get a full refund. It's like that bet never happened. If you want to see all of our bets, like the one Jacob just gave away for free, wewantpicks.com, click become a member. It is only $10 a month. Next up at UFC 294, we have Mike Breeden taking on Anshul Jubilee. Mike Breeden, 10 and 6 overall, 2 and 3 in his last five. He is riding his own three-fight UFC skid. He's taking on Anshul Jubilee. This guy is undefeated in his career at 7-0, and he's coming off his first official UFC win. Anshul's a very well-rounded guy. He's got solid striking, solid grappling as well. He does a really good job exploding into takedowns. So even if it wasn't a perfect shot, he's so fast and he's so accurate that he's going to slam into your hips, slam into those legs. People don't have time to sprawl. They don't have time to adjust their hips. He's not really amazing anywhere, but he's good everywhere. He's got solid fight IQ and enough cardio. Could continue pushing forward the entire time. He is coming off that TKO win over Jekka Saragai. Another failed lock of the week. Taking on Mike Breeden. This guy's a decent striker. Solid range control. Good variety in his striking. He's got some power in his hands. Not really enough to steal a fight later in the rounds, though. It's just... Early power, that seems to fade off. He's more of a volume guy. He's always throwing something. Okay, takedown defense. Get-up game is very solid. We watched when he fought Natan Levy. He got up nine times or something. That he was taken down nine times, so got up ten potentially. Unfortunately, Ooh, he is on that. That's like a little saying there. Get knocked down nine times, get up ten. Mike Breeden. <laughs> Bleed! Just fucking bleed! <laughs> well, he might. He's 0-3 in his last three, coming off that knockout loss to Terrence McKinney. I think Anshil Jubilee is a minus 400 fight. Is not... I don't... Let me rephrase. Whoa. I do not think Anshil Jubilee is a minus 400 fighter. I don't think he was... Minus 900 was wild. Minus 400 was Sunday when I did my quick picks. Now he's down to minus 335. And I agree with all of that. I do not think he's that guy. In this matchup, though, he might be. He might be. Because we watched Mike Breeden get taken down nine times by Natan Levy. And I think Anshul Jubilee can do exactly the same. Just takedown after takedown after takedown. He's got the cardio. He's got the speed. I do think he wins this fight. The line is juiced. Minus 335. It does. It is tightening. And uh, I'm going to keep an eye on the line movement tracker to see if it gets even tighter. But I think Anshul Jubilee is probably pretty safe. I trust him more than I trust Nathaniel Wood. 
What do you think, Jakey Boy? Yeah, he's a guy, and, and there's a there's a few people on this card that were against my my former lock of the weeks, and and he is one. And the reason half my lock of the week when I make a lock of the week is half the person I pick, and honestly, half the person that I pick against when I find somebody that's a favorite that I'm like, ah, should they really be a favorite? And the reason because or. That was a very weird way to start that sentence. But the, re- <laughs> the reason why he I, I picked against him is what Angelo said. He's not doesn't seem like overly dominant everywhere. And I thought Jekyll coming in with kind of that wild style, even with his wild grappling, kind of take advantage of somebody that's just kind of good everywhere but doesn't really just stand out anywhere. What I really underestimated for him in that fight, honestly, was his wrestling. I mean, he really showed off his wrestling, not only his wrestling, but his control wrestling as well. Because Jekka is a guy that isn't like the best wrestler in the world, but he will kind of spaz out and get back to his feet. And he really was not able to do really any of that against a guy like Jubilee. And that's going to be the path to victory here for Jubilee. Yeah, he can probably hang around on the feet. Maybe he can find a knockout versus Mike Breeden because Mike Breeden is a, a, a chinny guy who will kind of come forward with the hands a little bit, no, not, not super technical, and just kind of try and brawl. But that's going to be Mike Breeden's best chance to win this fight. Don't give him the best chance to win that fight. Let's get the takedowns. Let's get the control. Let's wear him down. Let's get the this win and let's get out of here and I think that's what Jubilee should do in this matchup if he wants to hang around on the feet he probably should be able to do enough to kind of win those striking exchanges um but the path to victory is is, is very obvious right get those takedowns I honestly think that he's gonna have better control than a guy like Natan Levy and Natan Levy is more of like a um I would say a grappler right he has the takedowns but he really wants to try to work for those submissions where I think Jubilee is comfortable kind of laying in that half card position working the TKOs the elbows really wearing people down so I do like you know, I don't love Jubilee overall but in this matchup I think it really works out well for him. So I'm on the uh, on the Jubilee on the Jubilee oh, side for sure. I mean, Mason really kind of fucked you're me just up. Fa- be with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, we're both on this side, and uh, unfortunately, I think it has a lot to do with you know Mike Breeden's recent run. He is better than that. Uh, he is constantly throwing strikes. He's constantly working. Like he's not the guy that Terrence McKinney knocked out almost immediately. Right? He's not just like this. The, the guy that Terrence McKinney just knocked out this past weekend, Mike Breeden would beat the hell out of that dude. Like, they're not the same level. But I just don't think that Mike Breeden's going to be able to defend all these takedowns. Jubilee's got the cardio to just push, 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 same way Natan Levy did. And I think we're going to get a decision win with a whole bunch of takedowns. Therefore, the $9,300 in DraftKings may actually be worth it. All of those takedowns, all that control time, that may be worth the money in DraftKings, you don't think so? Or was that you? No, I think he's. Runs? I think he's. I think he's live for. I, I think it could be. This could be one of those sneaky, sneaky DraftKings plays because, as you mentioned, he could get three or four takedowns in the first and get like a second round finish with like the ground and pound type play. I mean, I think that if he really gets in a situation where he's in half guard and. I think he'd really find a, a TKO situation, but he's typically not a finisher. But against Mike Breeden, I think he could be. Yeah. Either way, ninety three hundred dollars may be worth it when you're building your DraftKings lineup. If you want to check out the rest of the DraftKings offering or our picks, our bets, the line movement tracker that I mentioned that I will be keeping an eye on, all of that is available as one giant beautiful package for only $10 a month. Just go to wewantpicks.com and click become a member. I showed you that video of Macy Barber. Now you're chewing on ice. That's how, that's, that's how riled up you got, huh? What does that do? What what kind of connection did you make there? They say people who chew on ice are sexually frustrated. 
Oh, I chew on. I fucking I <laughs> chew on ice. No, that thing's already got thirty likes on Twitter. It's going. It's going. So here we go. Did you tag her in it? And then someone in the first comment. I mean, people are just so, so fucking weird. First comment. Damn, paid for his own birthday cameo. <laughs> what? People what? are. Yeah. People oh, are damn, first. paid for his own birthday cameo. Do you know what that thing costs, by the way? I've paid for one. I actually talked about it the on the uh, with the riffraff thing on my on the stream Saturday. I paid for riffraff to do one. It was like fifty bucks, but that might have been two fifty, hundred, two fifty. No, it was like and after all said and done, it was two hundred something bucks. It, yeah. it it gets expensive fast. It's crazy. You know what's funny is, but she think, nailed it because my sorry, she nailed it. My just my description wasn't. I didn't give her a script. I was like, wish him a happy birthday. Apologize for beating Amanda Hebos and tell him good luck with the no, pizza. That was she like that was she did it perfectly. Yeah. That was good because I did one for with Riff Raff and he had no idea. I mean, that was the worst. <laughs> I, mean, I think it was like fifty bucks on the worst money I've ever spent. But I think it was William Montgomery on Tony, uh, Kill Tony. He does. He's like the last regular. He does. He finished up the show every night. I think he put his cameo on there as like a joke for like five thousand dollars or whatever. He's like Somebody not really a nobody, and he's making like I, the way Kill Tony where Tony Hinchcliffe says is that he's making like. Like fifty grand a month on cameos because people just do it because it's funny to spend fucking like five grand or something on fucking. Let me see if I can look it up or whatever. But yeah, I mean, we could apply to go on cameo. You want to do salamander shout outs to people for fifty bucks a pop, whatever the hell it is. Oh, it's only seventy five dollars now. What would you even say? He's got fourteen hundred and fifty six cameos. Look at you doing the math. Well, that's one hundred and ten thousand dollars he's made off there. If if he if they were seventy five, I think he started off by having them just like crazy crazy money though. But I'll just send videos. You have to pay me. I'll just you want me to send somebody a video. There you go. I get them for Nick Newell all the time. And actually, speaking of support, Nick Newell dude made it to the second day of Abu Dhabi trials. And the way Abu Dhabi, because I was talking to him, I was like, "How does it work? Do you have to win to get invited to?" He goes, "You don't have to win. You like if you win, you're guaranteed." Otherwise, they also invite, like, notables. And he was like, I'm probably not a notable, but he did get some press for, like, how well he did in that tournament. So he could potentially get invited to actual Abu Dhabi, which would be impressive. Yeah, he got uh, he went viral on Twitter a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's funny to watch people rediscover him when there's a movie made about him. He fought Justin Gagey for a title. Like, That's always funny. Like, oh, my God, this guy fought Justin Gagey. Yeah, yeah. that happens, fucking- like, every six months. The only way Justin Gagey beat him was fucking a couple of legal knees, but one of them really fucked him up. Really bad illegal knee. Nick yeah, was doing was pretty well. He was doing, he was hanging in there until that illegal knee. Yeah. And now we know how good Justin Gagey is. Next up, at UFC 294, we have Abu Azaitar taking on Cedric's Dumas. Abu Azaitar, 14 and 3 overall. Four and one in his last five, but he is coming back after two years away. Taking on Cedric Dumas or SD Dumas. Eight and one in his career, four and one in his last five. He's coming off his first UFC win. SD Dumas famously is a street fighter. He worked his way out of the streets. He's going to get himself his third fight in the UFC. And you might just assume if you haven't watched tape or if you haven't done your research, oh, he's a street fighter. So he's just like a tough brawler that's going to strike. No, he's actually a decently technical striker and can wrestle and grapple as well. There's more than one video of him picking up 
people and slamming them to the ground. Decent kickboxing, solid BJJ. Overall, a decently well-rounded guy. He can be pretty powerful as well. He uses leg kicks well, he takes away your balance, and he works from there. He's coming off his first official, actually not even just official, his first UFC win in general over Cody Brundage. But I will say he was taken down very easily and was able to capitalize. I'm trying to be nice to Cody Brundage here. Was able to capitalize. Cody Brundage was a pussy quitter. Correct. Who pulled guillotine about 200 times in a very insanely winnable fight. But... Good for SD. He weathered that early grappling storm and then did what he did. He won that fight. That's his fight to win, and he won it. So good for him. You're not going to recognize the name of Zaitar, but this is actually his third fight in the UFC as well. He's been incredibly inactive with his first fight being more than two and a half years ago. He's a big guy for the weight class, pretty well-rounded, but at 37 years old, the lack of activity, he just comes forward and he brawls. He's an old-school stand there, throw a bunch of punches, try to take your head off, winging from the hips as the fight goes on kind of guy. He's insanely tough. He is going to march forward. And if you watch that fight against Marc-Andre Barrault, which was his last fight two years ago, it was not the prettiest, but he did showcase a grit, a willingness to pressure, and he threw bombs. If Abu wasn't 37 years old and he didn't have such long layoffs, his brother's Otman Azaitar, if you remember that whole thing, a couple of couple of UFC Abu Dhabis ago with the bag and the climbing the the uh, balcony and all that crap. Anyway, if he was a little younger and a little more active, I would love these odds and I would be all over it. Um, I'm probably still going to place a bet if you watched my quick picks video. He was a plus 145 underdog. And I said, I'm going to watch the line movement tracker. I'm going to wait. And when I get better odds, I'm going to hammer it. It is still moving. He's plus 205. It was plus 145 just today's Tuesday, just three days ago, plus 145. I think Abu will stand there toe-to-toe and bomb away against SD Dumas. His issue with the Marc-Andre Barrault fight was Marc-Andre's got cardio for days. And he slowed down. He gassed. He was just swinging wild. He's inactive. Yes, that could happen here, but the dude hits like a truck. He's going to come forward. He's going to be the toughest guy SD has fought just yet. He's very well-rounded, accomplished. He, I think I'm going to shoot my shot at the plus 205s or better. I think Abu wins this fight. No offense to SD. I think this is a, uh, you know, they're doing him somewhat of a favor from the inactivity and the age, but this is a big, this is not Josh Frame. This is not Josh Frame. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Yeah, I... I think that SD Dumas is, is is better than people give him credit for. Not only is he better than people give him credit for, I think he's improving. I think he's one of those people, almost like a Sean O'Malley, and I'm not saying he's on that level, but has just kind of convinced in the demeanor around him. You 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 see a guy like this, and he's smoking the weed and stuff. And you're like, oh, this guy doesn't work hard. This is. And I think that was kind of the the aura around Sean O'Malley. Like this guy isn't working. He doesn't take it serious, right? He makes all these stupid videos and stuff. And I think SD Dumas is one of those guys that secretly is a really a gym rat. You kind of saw that in the 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 difference between the the grappling in the Frem fight and the grappling in the uh, the Cody Brunnage fight. I know Cody kind of went to his back and kind of gave up in those positions, but you still saw the control and the, and the and the way that he was moving. You even heard DC talking about during that fight, like, "Wow, he looks like he's really kind of improved." And SD Dumas is a guy that when he came into the UFC, he said, "Listen." 
I know I don't know it all yet. I know there's going to be moments where I'm getting taken down and I'm, I'm put on my back, but I'm going to get back to my feet. I, I will get back to my feet. It might take me a little bit, but I will get back to my feet. And you actually kind of saw that in the Frem fight. He was taken down. He was controlled. But right before he was submitted in that fight, he nearly got Frem's back. He nearly outscrambled Frem to get his back. He fell over the top, and then he found himself in a submission. But I think he's a guy that is, is working harder than a lot of people think. And I think that this is a perfect matchup to really showcase his skill set because as you mentioned, Abu is a guy that is a brawler. I mean, you you summed it up perfectly. He wants to move forward, hands low, get you against the fence, get dirty, hold you there. And I agree, if he was more active and I knew that he could do that for three rounds, this is a good fight for Abu because SD is not like a super strong guy. If you get him against the fence, you probably can't hold him there. But Abu having one fight in the last five years and in that fight, you saw him really start to slow down. Now he's 37 years old. I think there might be a situation where he comes in, kind of controls SD a little bit in that first round, holds him against the fence. But then he's just going to start to fade. And I like SD at range. And I, I think he really can find the chin on this on, on this guy, Abu. So I'm a little bit higher on probably most people than SD. It's probably one of those spots where you, you just see all these 400 favorites. And you see SD there. And he was like minus 175. Now at like, what was it? Minus 230, something like that. He's probably a, a little bit priced out at this point. 194 yeah, if you go to bed openly. Yeah, yeah, he's probably a little bit priced out at this point. But I, I think that this is a nice showcase for him. And if he is who he's supposed to be, he should kind of smoke a guy like Abu, who isn't super technical with the striking. He's His chin's going to be there. So I'm a SD here, and I um, have a little bit of action. I, I hedged it a little bit, but a little bit of action on SD. Yeah, I mean, this actually should be a fun fight. And SD, you know, maybe I've still got a little pent-up aggression from when Josh Freem beat him because we all thought he was going to smoke Josh Freem. And then Josh Freem beat him, and then Josh, Josh went through every single tweet anybody ever made, like, <laughs> do more research. And then he went out and got his ass kicked. Guy sucks. Anyway, you and I are split here, but I think you get where I'm coming from. I am on the Abu side. No bet yet. I am going to watch that line, and if it continues to widen, I'll hop on it. And to watch the line, I'm going to use the line movement tracker. It's a tool, exclusive Two premium members that gives you the opening odds, the current odds, the win probability, and the line movement in a percentage for every single fighter on every single card. That and so much more is available for only $10 a month at wewantpicks.com. Speaking of $10, here's a full month of premium. Monty Handall says, what's going on, fellas? Let's make this bread this weekend. And shout out to Jacob. Lock of the week, a little bit of champagne. Smiley face with the green tongue and Angelo with two O's. Thank you very much. Angelou. Monty. Angelou. My man, Appreciate Monty. that, Monty. I have a, I, I don't see Monty spelled that way quite often. One of my good friends is Monty, but it's like Joe Montanero. Monty Python, so Holy Grail. Best movie ever made. I don't watch those English movies. You've never seen like, now I know why you love, now we know why you love that crap so much. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up watching Monty Python and the Holy Grail and all the Monty Pythons, the Faulty Towers and Bean and I mean, all that, all that stuff is fucking Mr. hilarious. Bean. I do like, uh, I'm a big Ricky Gervais guy. I've watched everything he's ever done. I love all of it. And then same with, uh, who's that long gangly partner of his? Stephen Merchant. Oh, that guy's yeah. fantastic too. British humor is, it's top notch, that's for sure. It is good. Next up at UFC 294, we have Javid Bajarat taking on Victor Henry. Javid Bajarat is undefeated, 
14 and 0 and he's looking for his fourth ufc win he's taking on victor henry 23 and 6 overall three and two in his last five coming off that close win over tony gravely javid bajarat's a grappler he has incredibly incredible offensive and defensive wrestling he has absolutely no problems with the kickboxing match either and he's landing almost six significant strikes per minute and only being hit with fewer than three we have seen him out grapple people we've seen him out strike people as well with little resistance to either side he's coming off that dominant win over mataus mendanka where he did give up two takedowns but he also had two of his own and almost quadrupled the strikes taking on victor henry this guy's pretty inconsistent you don't always know what you're going to get out of him but he is a come forward striker with a wide variety of attacks he likes to plot forward use his head movement to avoid some punches and then he will throw literally everything at range he's going to throw head kicks but if he can get inside the pocket he's going to throw elbows and knees he's got a ton of variety he mixes it all together really nicely he's coming off that bounce back split decision win over tony gravely where he gave up three takedowns but he dominated the striking i think javid dominates this fight the line movement makes complete sense to me right open at minus 350 now sitting at minus 600 if you're a premium member you saw the action i had on him early nowhere near the minus 600 odds but i did get some action in on him and i, I think minus 600 he's probably yeah you don't want to start spending that kind of money but that's that's probably where he should be if not a little farther the only thing that worries me is we watched Victor Henry beat in a pretty decisively five-time Brazilian national champion wrestler Hani Barcelos in his UFC debut. I just think while Hani Barcelos is the more accomplished wrestler on paper, I do think Javid's takedowns are different. They're more conducive in MMA, and oh. he's more comfortable striking. Word the of words. the day, huh? You got one of those calendars? No, I'm just very well educated. Because if you noticed, I said... Where did you graduate um, college? If you noticed, I said fewer strikes instead of less because, you know, education. I think Javid gets it done. Um, and if we get the Victor Henry that showed up two fights ago, he's going to win inside the distance. If not, he'll ride out a decision and uh, get a whole bunch of takedowns, control, win the striking, all the things. Jakey Boy, what do you think? Yeah, I think that this is one of those fights that could really put some people on edge because I I, agree, I like Javin. I think he's a very, very good fighter, very high IQ guy. He's a better fighter in this matchup. But his style against a guy like Victor Henry is going to be very, very interesting because he's more of a kind of a methodical striker. He's not really a finisher. He's a decision-type fighter. He doesn't force the wrestling, but he mixes it in pretty well. And against a guy like Victor Henry, who is going to stay in your face with good takedown defense, these rounds could get very, very close and be very, very interesting. Victor Henry is a guy that against Honey Barcelos through almost 400 strikes <laughs> against Tony Gravely through almost 300 strikes. He's going to be there. He's going to be in the face of Javid. And if Javid can't really handle that pressure, I think that there's going to be rounds where people are going to be like, you know, I I, I, I think that Javid won that round, right? I think that Javid, I think Javid's up to wall. I, I think he's up to, it's going to be one of those fights because Victor Henry is a guy that he's going to be around. The thing that Javid has going for him that I think makes me feel a lot better is his fight IQ. He knows what's going on in a fight. He knows when he needs to get a takedown. And I said this in the Discord today. I believe that this fight's going to play out like this. 
every single round for three or four minutes, it's going to be like, uh-oh, this is a very close round. And then Javid is going to go all in for the takedown. He is going to get a takedown with a minute 30, two minutes to go in the round, and everyone's going to go, and then the next round's going to start. It's going to be the same thing where Victor's just pressure, 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 and then a little bit too much pressure taken down towards the end of the round. Everyone's going to go, because I think that this fight could be a sweat. I am going to pick Javid. He is he is the better fighter, and I think he is the real deal at 14-0, but he is a guy that fights definitely to win, not to finish, high IQ guy. I think he's going to do enough to get the win, but this could be one of those weird fights where it's like, I mean, we've seen these cards before. There's no way that all these big favorites win. Somebody is going to fuck it up. I, I don't, don't I don't think it's going to be Javid, but this one could be a lot closer than people think. Victor Henry's a durable guy, good takedown offense, throws a million strikes, and sometimes the pressure is just enough to win you fights. But I think Javid's going to sneak in some takedowns and, and steal a fight. I, I hear you. Somebody might be the parlay buster this week, but Somebody I told you I didn't be. bet on I told you I didn't bet on Nathaniel Wood. He might be. And then there's another fighter that I'm I'm leaving out of some stuff as well. We'll get to him in a couple of fights. We're both on the Javid side. I'm far more confident in him than you are. And um, it sounds like mostly not. we both agree how good Javid is. You're just giving Victor Henry a little more credit than I am. But but like where, where was that Victor Henry in that loss? Like that was an embarrassing loss. Even the Tony Gravely fight was like way too close. So his, his best performance was against Hani Barcelos, who, who struggled after that. Let's see that Victor Henry fight. Who did he lose to? Who was that 65-year-old that beat him? Asun Sao. Asun Sao, yes. Asun Sao's pretty good. Very good. But yeah, but he looked a little, he definitely was a little Shouldn't a little be beating. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so anyway, I think, uh, I agree. But wasn't he a I, failure? I think he was, because he was a big dog. And it's a lot. A lot of times, it's a lot easier to come in and be loose when, when you're a dog. Care. I think he. Yeah. I think he was the dog against Hani. Big dog came in and beat him. And I think he was a favor, a big favorite versus Hafiel. I think he was because I think he was like a three to one favorite because he fucked a lot of people. I think in that he matchup. Did. Yeah, did. I think he was well, like a big was, favorite. So I think yeah. the pressure kind of got to him a little bit. Could be. I mean, you know, this this is. Uh, I could have a. I could be a miserable mood, tired, have a bad day at work, and it is what it is. They can't. And and you know, frankly, some people are just gonna have poor outings because. They didn't feel right, or they just, you know, things things didn't align perfectly. Like, you literally need to be the perfect physically, perfect mentally, all of those things for 15 minutes. And it just has to align. Like, and, a lot could go wrong. In a and to that point, I mean, Javid is a guy that will kind of let you get going. He will take his time. You saw that in the, the Mendoza fire, Mendonca or whatever. Um, you know, he was able to get some things off in that first round. So, I mean, this is another one. I mentioned it with that Victoria fight. This is another one that if Javid... All of a sudden, can't get a takedown. He's out volume in that first round. He doesn't need a takedown, but yeah. But I'm saying, I, th I think he probably does need a takedown. Victor's going to be in his face. I'm just saying, this is no one's fights where if Victor drops the first round, or not Victor, if Java drops the first round, this one could be... Well, anyway, we're both on the Javid sign. I did trust him for a parlay. Sounds like you don't. $9,400 in DraftKings. Oh, I'm actually... I'm going to go check out what Tony Gravely scored in that fight. I'll add 30 to that. And then if that is a decent number and that gets you past the $9,400 salary here, then Javid might be worth it in your DraftKings lineup. But I don't think so because I agree. I think this probably goes to a decision. Javid's the better fighter. He's he's, he is yeah. the better fighter. I don't want to be like too alarming here. I just think he's a decision fighter and Victor's a durable guy. Just It could be closer than people think. But I think, he's, I think, I think he wins. I think he should definitely win the fight. 
Yeah, well, decision fighter is the only reason I'm concerned about the $9,400 in DraftKings. I'm not concerned he's going to lose, but yeah, I, I don't have any. Know. I don't have any action on Victor Henry, and I have yeah. Javid in a parlay, so and it should be enough. yeah. There you go. If you want to check that parlay out, wewantpicks.com. Click become a member. It's only freaking ten dollars a month. Here's a fun fact: we saw somebody tweeting out their service, twenty five percent off, twenty five percent off, and it was like thirty bucks a month after the discount. Like what an absolute absolute joke absolute joke we are by far the greatest value in this space period end of story you need the tools the picks the optimizer you're going to get fantasy plays fantasy picks ownership projections the amount of stuff you're going to get you're going to get seven different analysts we on picks.com click become a member lick you from your head to your toes i wanna move from the bed down and down and to the floor i wanna you make it so good. What I even triggered that? I wanna. No, 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 no. What's your fantasy? What even triggered that? What did I say? You're talking about fantasy. Oh. Next up at UFC 294, we have Trevor Trevor Peak taking on Muhammad Yaya. Trevor Peak, eight and one overall, four and one in his last five. He is coming off that first loss of his career. He's taking on Muhammad Yaya, twelve and three overall. Riding a five-fight win streak into his UFC debut. Muhammad Yaya is a pace and striker. He likes to stand tall, keeps his hands low. He's got that traditional martial arts stance. He's going to stand wide. He's going to bounce in and out of range. He's got an okay chin. And while he does like to plot forward, he does not throw very much. He can be a bit low volume. He does have a little bit of power, though, and he can find himself hunting for it in fights. Not much in the way of wrestling offense, but he will look to hold you against the cage if he's losing some of the striking exchanges. Taking on Trevor Peak. This guy is a wild man. High-pressure fighter. Only knows one pace. He keeps his hands open and literally just starts winging punches and charging forward. If he's close, he's going to grab your legs. He's going to try to take you down. If he's at distance, he's going to move in all directions, bomb away, and try to work in. Not very technical. Skill-wise, not very clean, but he's high-pressure. He'll take one. He'll give one. He can break a lot of people. He's coming off that loss to Chepe Mariscal where the biggest red flag was Trevor's inability to defend the takedown. He had no hips, no takedown defense, and just really didn't do anything when Chepe made those entrances. But he did showcase his chin. This guy has a freaking chin on him. When I saw Trevor Peak was fighting a 12-3 and guy, and at the time the money was even, I was like, let me jump on this other dude. And then I watched the tape. I, I almost placed the bet blind while doing the graphics. So my cycle is I do all of the graphics a full week ahead of time. And then throughout the week, I do my research. I take my notes. I get my picks, bets, all that. What, I do the graphics for the first How many thing times do you usually eat in that time? Um, I'm like a snake. Just one big meal and that'll, that'll hold me for three, four days. So When I was doing the graphics and I was typing up the records and doing all this, I was like, I did this picture. Look at the picture of this guy. What guy? And it was on the right, Muhammad Yaya. Oh, and I was uh, intimidating, I would say. Looks like he's a legit, yeah. He's a legit local from Abu Dhabi. And I was like, Trevor Peak, fade. This is going to be perfect. Even money, this line's about to take off. And then I watched the tape and I was like, shit, this guy gets hit. He doesn't wrestle. How the hell is he going to win this fight? So unfortunately, I am on the Trevor Peak side. I don't want to be. I don't want to be. I, I definitely want to be on the other side. But what I will say to all of you, there are some people out there dumping massive amounts of money on Trevor Peak. 
And that is crazy to me. That is crazy. He's not very good. He can be very good eventually. He's just not there yet. He's still trying to figure out the skills. He is tough, but he's fighting in enemy territory against a local guy who does have a decent amount of experience. And we just watched Trevor Peak get beat bell to bell. And you're going to dump that kind of money on him? I'm not I'm not touching it. But I do think Trevor Peak is going to win because he hits hard. He's got a chin. And unfortunately, Muhammad gets hit and doesn't wrestle. If he had just this much wrestling, I would get it done. What do you think, Jakey boy? Uh, yeah. I mean, you kind of nailed this breakdown. Trevor Peak is going to be my pick. But, I mean, I agree. Putting crazy amount of money on this guy. This is one going to be one of those situations where, kind of like I said, Irina last week, right? Where Irina is a hands low, come forward, brawling style. And I said that this is going to go very, very well, or it's going to go very, very <laughs> poorly. And for a while, it looked like it was going very, very well. She dropped the girl, looked like she was having control. It looked like she was about to get a first-round finish. The same thing could happen in this fight. Trevor Pete comes through, blitz forward, gets in his face, drops him, looks like he's having success. But if this gets out of the first round, things could get very interesting. Not very interesting. Not only could things get interesting if this is out of the first round, but even in the first round, Trevor Peak is a guy that comes forward, hands low, will take a shot to give a shot, and Yaya is a guy that level competition has been great. He can get dropped, but he is a capable striker, and anybody that is a capable striker can hit the chin of Trevor Peak because he just serves it on a platter. He just stands in front of you with his hands low, just swinging wild, and Yaya is a guy that can snipe people who pressure him. I've seen it in fights before. He kind of... We, we kind of harped there. We kind of hated. I mean, I did. When we watched that UFC Paris card, <laughs> all those French fighters, right? All those French fighters are just so just slow, methodical, and they want to stay at range, and they don't Savant like the pressure. Style. Right. That is how Muhammad Yaya fights. It's just kind of around the outside. He's just kind of waiting and waiting and waiting. But if he's waiting and waiting and Trevor gets too aggressive, he is capable enough to put this guy's lights out. I know Trevor's peak... His chin has kind of held up, but he's been getting dropped. He's been getting hit, and eventually your chin just doesn't hold up. We see it with Drew Dober. I mean, eventually you just can't take all those shots. So my pick is Trevor Peak. I do have a little bit of action on him, not as much as a lot of people, but he is not a guy that you really, you really can trust. I mean, if this was a card where a lot of these big, you know, Russians were minus 250 instead of minus 400, I don't think anybody would give a fuck about Trevor Peak. There's just so many minus 450, minus 500, minus 600. People are seeing this guy with the finishing ability and they're jumping all over him. Yeah, he might come through, blitz forward, get the finish and, and, and cash everyone's money. But, I mean, he does get hit. He is not very technical and he really has no backup plan. So, <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm going Trevor Peak here, but I agree with pretty much what you said. Yeah, no, he, I mean, he's tough as hell. And you know, watch him come out, win by knockout, and the people who spend hundreds of dollars on him are going to think that they're geniuses. If but you got, it, yeah, it's if you a bad dog money. I think, it's a I think bad at, dog, at dog money, at dog money, he's a very, that was a very good dog bet. But now at minus 160 and stuff, it's like, if you're going to play him, you might as well just play him inside the distance or maybe even just first round, and you still get plus, plus money on him, I'm pretty sure. So the money line doesn't make sense to me. Inside the distance right now for Trevor Peak is drumroll, please, Angelo. <clears throat> minus one fifteen, so it's not plus money anymore. But I still think that's better. <laughs> minus one fifteen's, I mean, still gonna be better value than the money line, and he's probably gonna win inside the distance if he wins. So, yeah. Either way, I mean, I'll, 
Trevor Peak's an exciting, fun guy to watch. This is not. Uh, we're not disparaging. Fan I, know, I noticed also he's too that you, you took every opportunity to, to trash every lock of the week that lost. But when Chepe came up, you didn't mention the overly <laughs> dominant performance he put on. Because I Pets. also picked Chepe to win, and I bet on him. So, Ooh. and for all we know, you tailed it because I Ooh. had it first. So you might have tailed it. Anyway, eighty-two hundred dollars in DraftKings, eight thousand dollars in DraftKings. Uh, you know, you probably need one of these guys in your lineup, honestly. Uh, $8,200 if Trevor Peak wins. He's going to put this dude's lights out, and he's going to put up some decent numbers. $8,200 is even money in DraftKings. You're probably going to need him in your lineup. I think he's a little risky to spend real-life money on, but if you're doing a cash entry in DraftKings, he might be worth it. If you're doing a large tournament, you might want to play both sides because he could potentially be the dud. Oh, here you go. Because somebody mentioned in the chat, I, I did place this bet. You can't get any more, but here you go. here's some value here. I did kind of play a little bit safer with Trevor Peak inside the distance decisional action because he is a tough dude, right? Yeah, we yeah, saw yeah. him lose a decision if he wins inside the distance. I got it for minus 150. That is now minus 250 for inside the distance decisional action. So got that early. Congratulations. Well, that is impressive. We want picks.com. $10 a month. $10 a month. You can see that. And literally everything else, it is the most impressive premium offering on the planet. End of story. Everybody else is going to offer you some Patreon. You know what a Patreon is? You guys ever see a Patreon? It's like an old Facebook page with some text. Sucks. I'm not going to let you sucks. disparage old Facebook because back in the day, I don't know if you were able, to, were you able to get on Facebook back in the day? Because back in the day, it used to be a very exclusive club. You had to have a college yeah, email. I went to college. I don't know where this whole thing is coming well, from. Well, I don't know if that's verified. I don't know if that's verified, but I remember it was a very exclusive thing to be able to have sure. to have Facebook. Um, so we appreciate it. Okay. Congratulations. 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 Um, Michael says, where is it? Where would why you put me? At, shut up. He says, why Where? Why did he open at minus 400? And he says, what are we missing? I don't think we're missing anything. I pe think people did what I did while I was making the graphics. I think they set the line by watching Trevor Peak's last fight, seeing that Muhammad Yaya is a local guy, regional champion, 12-3 and three record, and they set the line. And then people did the research and said, nope. And then that line collapsed on itself. Did you, you, say, you, had, you had MySpace, right? Oh, yeah. Did you have your, your your top? What was it? What was your number? Because oh, you could—I don't remember. It might have been eight. You could, yeah, you, you could have four. You could have eight. You have sixteen. And I think that eventually they expanded to maybe even—I don't know if it got more than sixteen. But all the you know all the popular people had the sixteen. You know, and then you see it moving in and out. That was always the thing after after oh, yeah. Friday night, after Saturday night, because we would pour. I mean, we. I, we would party Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night. You would wake Whoa. up Sunday. You would go. I mean, I was. I'm. You don't want to. I mean, honestly, Angelo, and I mean, this is going to be a little bit mean, but when I was 20, 21, 22, I wouldn't have been fucking friends with you. I mean, there's no way. There's no, there yeah, no sure. way that you would have been able to be friends I, I with think, me. I think it's a pretty well established. There is no, there is no chance. I was Mr. Okay. Party Scene. I'm in the clubs. Mm. I'm in the middle of the dance floor. I set the tone for the parties at 20, 21, 22, 23, in those, In that glow-up video old. I put together, how old were you in those? Well, I just turned 25, so. Okay. 
Yeah, this was Super Bowl. But I'm saying right now, that was the big thing back in the day was you'd wake up Sunday and Monday and you'd go to certain people's MySpace and be like, did I move up? Did I move down? What's going on here? It was always Mm -hmm. a big thing to kind of set your top. I only had a top four. I didn't want to make people feel bad, you know? So I had four, which I think (laughs) was my – I had had three roommates. So I think it was my – I think it was three, and then I can't remember who was the the fourth one. But it was always exciting when you would see – Start hanging out with a girl, and all of a sudden you move from eight to seven. It's like, okay, here we go. Now you're seven to five. It's like, now we're starting oh, yeah. to work on something here. Now you're in the top four, Angelo. She's putting you in the top great. floor. Next day, if a girl puts me in the top floor, next time I see her, the dick's already out, Angelo. I got the zipper undone. The dick's already out. Here you go. This is what you wanted. Top four. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, he's not 25. He's fucking 38. Some stupid shit like that. (laughs) Next up at UFC 294, we have Tim Elliott taking on Mohamed (laughs) Makayev. Tim Elliott... Somebody what are you said, laughing at? Angela had Tom, Tom. Tom in his yeah. top four. That might have been my that might have finished off my top four to be honest. <laughs> my three roommates and then Tom. <laughs> we have Tim Elliott taking on Muhammad Makayev. Tim Elliott, 19 and 12 overall, four and one in his last five. He is riding a two-fight win streak. Taking on Muhammad Makayev. This guy is undefeated in his career. He's coming off back to back submission wins. Tim Elliott. The definition of grit. We broke down Darren Elkins last week. It's like he's, Tim Elliott's like a little Darren Elkins. He's constantly going to come forward. He's going to make every fight dirty. He's going to put on a ton of pressure, lots of volume. He's going to stay in your face the entire time. Even if he's on the wrong side of those exchanges, he's going to keep coming forward, keep trying to make something happen. Striking's not technical, but it is effective because of that forward pressure. His best asset is definitely his grappling. He moves well on the ground. He does have submissions from everywhere as well. He's coming off that win over Victor Altamirano, where he had nonstop wrestling. He did start to fade just a touch at the end there, he's taking on Muhammad Makaya. This guy is an incredible wrestler. Even though he's only listed at 9-0, he had an insanely, unreasonably long amateur career. He's a very dominant wrestler. He has great grappling. His striking's getting a little better. Four fights in the UFC, 22 takedowns, which is impressive, but also the guy has no control whatsoever over his opponents. He's coming off that submission win over Jafofilio, where it's a miracle he even got that far because his leg was almost folded in half backwards. And that's the narrative here, at least from me. It is nice to see that the line tightened a bit from the open to now because I do think Muhammad Makayev is going to win this fight. He is not in any of my parlays. I don't know. At some point, Muhammad Makayev is going to be a phenomenal fade. The guy is in trouble in almost every single fight. You can go through his fights and say, oh, on paper, he's dominant, right? He submitted Jaffel. Jaffel almost broke that dude's knee. His leg almost came off of his body. Oh, he submitted... uh, Jared Gooden. Oh, okay. Well, Jared Gooden had him in some trouble. <laughs> Jared Gooden. Malcolm Gordon. Malcolm Gordon. Damn. Jared Gooden is like a I fucking said, 185 I know. or something. I said Jared Gordon in the last fight, too. I keep screwing that up. Because on my notes, I just have it Gordon. I don't have the first Man, name. Honestly, like, he probably else? would submit him. <laughs> so anyway, and then, yeah, he submitted Cody Durden. But Cody Durden took him down in like a half a second immediately and just left his neck out. So Muhammad Makayev is very good. He is young, though. I actually think the youth, the pressure is what's going to win him this fight. But the reality is that dude has been in trouble or has lost an exchange in every single one of his UFC fights. 
Tim Elliott, he's a little older. He's starting to slow down, but he's a tried and true vet. If he's just going to keep coming forward, keep grinding, keep shooting, keep wrestling, if he's going to come forward the same way that Darren Elkins just did last week against TJ um, Brown, Tim Elliott can make Muhammad Makayev look like TJ Brown. I don't think that happens. I think Muhammad's going to win this fight. He's just too fast. He is tough. His knee did not break. It's crazy. He kept going. He is fast. He's young. He does all the things. He should win this fight, but I don't trust him enough especially not at these odds. Not until I see him dominate, start to finish, like beat somebody, never in any trouble, constantly improving. When I see that version of him, I'll really trust him. But for now, I'm just not there yet. What do you think, Jakey boy? Yeah, eventually we're going to get to a point where you, we are going to fade Makayev, right? Because I think he's going to be a, a monster favorite in basically any matchup until he until he really loses. So there's going to be a good value play there eventually. I don't know if Tim Elliott's that guy. I, I I know that Tim Elliott is a, as you mentioned, he is a, a, a Cody Durden, a Darren Elkins type style, just constantly moving forward. He's, he's probably going to be the better striker in this matchup, especially with his unconventional style and the way that he can throw strikes. And maybe Makayev kind of hangs around on the feet because Makayev is making improvements in the striking. And you could see he kind of wants to show that off, right? You see early on in fights, you, he wants to show off the rangey and the explosion in and out. And maybe Tim Elliott's able to find something, hurt him, get him to the ground, start controlling him and wearing him down. But... But the issue for me with a guy like Tim Elliott, when I watch Makayev in scrambles, in fights, is Makayev, honestly, he likes the chaos. He likes the scrambles. He likes when people are trying to outgrapple him because that's where he is able to capitalize on mistakes. That's where he is able to find stuff. If you come in like a Charles Johnson, right, and you are just all defense, you're going to get taken down, but you're going to be able to get back to your feet. And you can you can be defensively, and you can be defensively sound. And Makaev is going to struggle with somebody like that. Almost like a, um, and I know this isn't the weight class, but somebody like a Christian Rodriguez. That type of style is somebody that is going to beat a Makaev. Somebody that can just kind of slow everything down and be methodical and wait for Makaev to make that mistake in the early aggression. Because he will make mistakes as well. Tim Elliott's not that guy. Tim Elliott is a thousand miles an hour all the time. He is a guy that's going to be looking for advancing positions. He's not going to be just control, lay on you. He wants to finish fights. He wants to be that guy to take out the big prospect, the big undefeated guy. He's going to be aggressive. And I believe that the aggression is going to be his downfall because when you stay safe, like Charles Johnson, you can stay safe. You cannot be submitted, this and that. But when you start getting aggressive, when you start advancing positions, when you start trying to get back to your feet in an aggressive manner, that's when these big submission artists like a Mikhaev find opportunities. They get the they get the body training. They, they find your neck. They go for the arm bars, whatever it is. And I think it's going to be Tim Elliott's over-aggression that really makes his – it's really kind of his downfall in this. So I'm all over Mikhaev here. I understand – the toughness that Tim Elliott brings. He's probably going to be the better striker. Makai could fuck around and, and lose the striking. But if this turns into just like a, a, a wild scramble wrestling, I think Makai is going to find him here. And I, I think Makai is going to, this is a good matchup for him to kind of remind people, hey, I'm pretty dangerous. I'm still pretty fucking dangerous. And uh, I think he gets it done inside the distance with the submission. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're definitely more confident in him than I am um, for sure. But uh, I do think he'll get it done. I think the age gap and... As we know, he's a nonstop wrestler, and we do know he's tough. We haven't seen him chinned, right? We haven't seen him have to deal with that yet. Tim Elliott's not really the big power striker guy, but um, we did see his knee bend the wrong direction, and he dealt with it and came out and then won the fight. So and I don't think there was you know, that much. I think it was just like uh, strains and sprains and stuff like that, which is just like rehab-type stuff. I don't think he really 
I could be wrong, but it's crazy. He didn't tap meaning like he didn't look at it and panic. He like, he knew he was in just trouble just it. dealt with it. Yeah. He just handled it. I mean, so, just like when Malcolm Gordon, I mean, got his back and took him down. He very, just kind of went through the process. Someone had almost had yeah. a, little, like, a little smirk on his face. Like it was like, it was a, cha- honestly, it was like a, like a challenge. Like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And then he just turns it into an arm bar. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. No, I, I do think he wins. I just, I, you know, and maybe I've got a little Darren Elkins, in the mind still of just dominant, gritty, not great at anything kind yeah, of guy. Ma- beat Ma- Ma- is not TJ Brown. I mean, he is no, no. 100%, 100%. I agree. He's much smaller and slower. If you want to uh, see all the bets, the picks, and everything else that we're doing, we want picks.com. Click become a member. It is only $10 a month. Jakey Boy, do you think Muhammad Makayev is worth $9,600 in DraftKings Fantasy? The answer is probably yes. Yeah, if, even if he doesn't get a finish, I mean, with the wild scrambles, even Take reversals, downs. yeah, you get you get takedowns, you get points for reversals. I think DraftKings actually fucked Elkins a lot. Was it El- the Elkins fight where he had? I think he had like four or five reversals on TJ Brown, and they only gave him one, which was like crazy because it was pretty clear that he had at least like three yeah. or four reversals. Um, and that, we could play a part in here where Tim gets the takedown, but the McIvoo reversing the position, so there could be a lot of points scored. I hear you. I hear you. Cool. Well, good good little break there. <laughs> Next up, at UFC 294, we have the main card opener. We have Saeed Namagomedov taking on Muin Gafarov. Saeed Namagomedov. 17-3 overall. 4-1 in his last five. He's coming off that questionable loss to Jonathan Martinez. He's taking on Muin Gafarov. 18-5 overall. 3-2 in his last five. Short notice loss to Sexy Mexi was his last outing. Saeed Magomedov, uh, don't you, look at the go last ahead, name. You can say it. Go ahead and say it. There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of them on this card. Go ahead and say it. Another Jacob failed lock of the week in Muin. It, it, it actually is crazy that you. <laughs> there's there's a like lot of them. Five lock of the weeks on this card. They all lost. Uh, well, we have Usman, who was my lock of the week against. When him. was Usman your lock of the week? I said against him. So I did win a, a lock. Of the no, week no, 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 no. The, the actual locks of the week on this card all lost. You don't have no. A, there's, and there's like five of them. Who? No. What lock of the week was on this uh, card? That Johnny week? Walker and Johnny Walker. That wasn't a real lock lost. of the week. He was minus they money. Nah, it was minus money. That was not a lock of the week. Minus money. You can't do that. It's gonna be. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree with that. those people. I agree with those people. What am I supposed to do on this card? Everyone's a fucking four hundred favorite. <laughs> Jesus, we're fucked. I know you are gonna pick somebody. This is what's gonna happen. You're gonna pick an underdog. They're Every favorite's gonna lose. Gonna win. Every favorite's gonna win, and people are gonna be like, "Jacob, you nice suck. pick, <laughs> idiot." <laughs> yeah. That's literally happened before. Uh, no, it was the card with, um. No, the I'm pretty sure I've, I've, we've no, no, had no, the a current woman every champ- favorite. We've had a card. I don't think it was every favorite. One. I remember UFC 284 where Valentina lost, and what's her name? Oh, uh, that the was belt. 285, and I actually oh, okay. was at uh, UFC 285. There, I met Amanda Hebos, which, by the way, Macy Barber, fuck you, <laughs> you know. <what> <laughs> well, anyway. Uh, that card, the only underdog that won was Alexa Grasso, and you're like, I wasn't going to make her the lock of the week. So sometimes you are just in a shit position. So it is what it is. And anyway. Last week I picked two of the three dogs that won. Just didn't have one as a lock. So, Congratulations, though. Moeen was a lock. He lost, taking on Saeed Namagamadov here. You're going to see the last name. You're going to think wrestler, wrestler, wrestler. Nope. 
He is a striker. He did work some wrestling in his last fight against Jonathan Martinez. He had three takedowns. But for the most part, Said Namagamanov is a flashy striker. He's going to use his length really well. He's going to keep that range. He is dangerous both inside and outside the pocket. He can literally throw kicks straight to your head while only being a foot or two away from you. His striking, pretty versatile. Takedown defense, solid at 65%. And again, he's not a wrestler. He's not that kind of Namagamadov. He's taking on Muin Gafarov. This guy is a wrestler. He's going to plant his feet. He's going to trade punch for punch with pretty much anybody. Incredibly exciting, really high-paced, solid skills everywhere. He's got power in his hands, good wrestling, good speed, good cardio. He does get sucked in the brawls where he's just going to lose complete control of situations, start swinging wild, and whatever happens ends up happening. Either way, Muin is exciting as hell. He is coming off that short-notice loss to John Castaneda, where he was throwing heavy, he was pushing forward, but the shots just were not good enough to get it done. I'd be lying if I didn't say I wanted to pick Muin here. I looked at it, uh, you know, I know Muin can be a constant, come forward, nonstop wrestler, and we watched Saeed Yokakramanov, Saeed Kobub. I've never said, I've <laughs> never said that dude's name right. Saeed Yokub Kakramanov. I get Kakramanov all that. He, dude, he he replied to one of our tweets once, like of these breakdown videos, and he was like, that dude just called me Sideshow Bob. <laughs> 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 but like, um, we watched him take... Is he back in the UFC back yet? No, he should be, but no. We watched him take down Saeed Namagamanov round after round, control, control, dominate that fight, and then he actually just ended up getting caught in a guillotine right at the end there. That exact same thing could happen here because Saeed's... Takedown defense of 65% seems great, and he has defended quite a few takedowns, but the reality is at the volume that Mawin's shooting takedowns, he could have some success. I am still going to pick Saeed Namagamadov to win this fight because I do think he can manage that range. Mawin's takedowns in his last fight were trash. I don't know if it was because it was short notice or he was fighting a Division One wrestler, but his takedowns just in that last fight against John Castaneda were not as good as some of the other fights we've seen. So until you know we see him get those takedowns in the UFC, I'm gonna have to lean the other direction here. Why are you making dumbass? You're right. His takedowns were phenomenal, and that's why he beat Sexy Mexi while being your lock of the week, idiot. Let it out. I did. That was it. No, there's more. I know there's more. Go ahead. If the dog was in here, he'd catch one too. <laughs> <laughs> I've never hit the dog, by the way. <laughs> and I've never whipped my penis out in front of a woman like that. So <laughs> just, to go back, just to go back on the uh, MySpace top four thing. Um, always get consent. consent. Consent's very important, guys. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the this fight breakdown is pretty simple, right? The, the playbook to beat Saeed is there. We saw that with Saeed Yokub, right? You, you got to get the takedowns. You got to have control. And if you do that, we've seen Saeed slow down in fights. This is another one of those situations where I've said, if, 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 um, I want to say Veronica, a girl said her? hi to you in the chat and now you can't get your brain right. She said, by the way, she didn't say hi. She said, <laughs> I love Jacob. I'm not a fighter, but I would kick your fine ass anytime you want. That's a 300-pound dude right now in his basement. Well, congratulations. At this point, it, you know, I'll talk to anybody <laughs> at this point. Um, but the uh, the playbook is there, and, th and this is what I'll say. I mean, what am I talking oh, it's It's not Veronica. It's I mean, what's her – the what first girl on the card. 
the Russian Victoria Dudikova. Victoria. So just like the Victoria fight, just like the Javid fight, this is one of those situations where if Saeed comes in and loses this first round, things could get very interesting. Because if he loses the first round, that means he was taken down and controlled, and his gas tank may not hold up. The playbook is there. The issue is for Mawin. He does hang out on the feet. He does throw wild stuff in the striking. Saeed's going to be far and above the better striker in this matchup. Saeed could hurt him on the feet. But as you mentioned, I will agree with you. Mawin, with his wrestling, can be a little bit too desperate. And when you become a little bit too desperate and you shoot from a little bit too wide and you get a little bit too lackadaisical in the way that you're trying to get takedowns, Saeed is a guy that will catch your neck. I mean, it is stupid to say that this guy is live for guillotines because I know I, I hate guillotines more than anything and front chokes and all this shit. But Saeed is a guy that is just he just built for that shit. I mean, his long, lanky style and the way that he can sink those in, he's so fast that if you come in with even... I mean, Saeed was doing a great job. Was steamroll, was looking like he was going to be the next big prospect. Oh my God, this underdog's coming in and smoking Saeed Nurmagomedov. And it took one. Boom. And all of a sudden, that fight is over. I think the same thing kind of happens here. Mwin's going to have some success, get a takedown or two, maybe get hurt on the feet, but have... And then he's going to get caught in something with a lazy takedown. But if Mwin's able to get the takedowns and control kind of that whole first round, Saeed might get a little bit too desperate for those front chokes and those guillotines and, and really kind of get controlled and lose this fight. So I think this is another one where Saeed better win that first round. Maybe find a finish in the first round because the longer this fight goes, I think I trust Mawin a little bit more. I know he kind of slowed down that short notice fight, but he's kind of one of those guys that just kind of keeps going. Tajikistan, stand up, baby. It's funny. They all, everybody from Tajikistan includes Tajik in their, every one of their social media handles everywhere. It's pretty funny. Very proud. They had yeah, like, because um, him and Mawin and, uh, um, yeah. The dude fighting Daniel Wood, Nathaniel Wood. Yeah, I want to say Evlov, not Evlov, but it, no, Namov, no, Namov. They fought on the same card last time as well, and I think there was like a stadium full of people watching, <laughs> like watch, yeah. like waiting to watch their fights, just regular basic ass fights. They're very proud of people, which is pretty cool. I wish anybody yeah, supported them like that, you know. Yeah, no, I've got Katie. Um, that's it. <laughs> who's already gone? Yeah, she said one one comment. I said I'm interested, and she was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> she was trying, she wanted me to play a little hard to get, too yeah. accessible. <laughs> I'm, I'm way too accessible. There's no doubt about that. Anyway, um, eighty-eight hundred dollars in DraftKings. I don't think he is worth it. I don't think he's going to pull that. Like I said, I don't think he is going to pull off a random submission or something like that. I think it's going to be a pitter-patter striking match. Moeen is tough. He's going to come forward. He might have some success. I think Saeed's going to win a decision just by playing that outside striking game. So I don't think he's worth $8,800. You think he is worth the $8,800 in DraftKings Fantasy? He might be. I don't want to disrespect my win. I, I like Win's toughness, but when you're in a choke, you're in a choke. You can't really out tough a choke, you know. Mm, I do know. I bet you do. We want picks.com. Click become a member at the top. It's only ten dollars. You're gonna unlock everything you have ever wanted for these fights. You're gonna get data, metrics. What's bets. your safe word? <laughs> I'm full. Something I would never normally say. You don't, uh, yeah. <laughs> so they, so they, so you have to, I mean, you have an established state, safe word, don't you? Don't you guys Do you have, have light dressing is my safe word? I'm being serious. You guys, I assume, have a established safe word. Uh, no. 
No. It's. It, I think it is, did you finish? And then, you know, usually no. And then that's the end of it. It's just $10 a month, guys. Next up at UFC 294, we have Ikram Alaskirov taking on Warley Alves. Ikram Alaskirov is 14-1 overall, 5-0 in his last five, riding a six-fight win streak. Taking on Warley Alves, 14-6 overall, 2-3 in his last five, stepping up on short notice. Ikram Alskirov is a Russian wrestler. The no mustache, all beard should be able to give that away. He does exactly what you think a Russian wrestler in the UFC is going to do. Non-stop wrestling pressure, constant body locks, tie-ups, and shots. When he gets you to the ground, he's like an eighth layer of skin. He's going to hang on you. He's impossible to shake. Leaves no room for scrambles or escapes. His striking is just okay. He's got a nice high guard. What is the problem? <laughs> is that like a wrestling oh. term? The eighth layer of skin? Yeah. Never heard that before. I, I actually say it a good amount. This is not the first breakdown I've said that in. Anyway. That's what people, you're like, no, I just have eight layers of skin. I'm not fat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'm, um, ready for, I'm ready for winter. <laughs> His striking is just okay. He's got a high guard. He's got some long kicks, occasional flying knee. He is coming off that knockout win over Phil Hawes. But I would encourage you to watch that tape because he was losing those exchanges early. Attempted zero takedowns. He did clip them. He did put them out. But he was losing. Phil Hawes was sort of piecing him up on the feet. Anyway, he's taking on Warley Alves. Warley Alves is stepping up on short notice. He's a PJJ black belt. He's going to throw wild. He's going to try to set up his takedowns and then work that grappling. Takedowns are not the best, but his BJJ is aggressive. He has jumped guillotine more than one time with some mixed success. Even though he's not technical on his feet, he is dangerous. He's always hunting for a knockout. He will bomb away looking for a finish. He's coming off that close loss to Nicholas Dalby where he looked explosive, but he was only throwing one strike at a time, zero combinations. I mentioned Ikram was getting pieced up by Phil Hawes. And normally you'd see a minus 625 favorite. And I'm like, well, guys, this line, watch the fight. A little nerve-wracking, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is even... Ikram getting pieced up by Phil Hawes should be able to win this fight. Wiley Alves can be dangerous, but he's got only a couple of minutes of cardio before he slows down. And Ikram is a nonstop dominant wrestler. I think the Phil Hawes fight was a little unique because he was fighting also a very, very good wrestler. So maybe he didn't want to commit to striking or uh, to wrestling that early. I don't know. But Ikram should be able to dominate Warley. I think he absolutely gets a dumb. He should be able to parlay. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Oh boy, um, yeah, Ikram's my play, right? And I put him in a parlay, basically based on just what everyone else is saying, right? Everyone's saying <laughs> that he's like a, a steamroller and this, and he's gonna dominate, and you see a matchup against Warley, and he should, right? Warley, Warley is probably not that guy to come in and beat an undefeated prospect. I guess not undefeated, but pretty much an undefeated prospect in in a guy like Ikram, but. There's just something about Ikram and the way that he fights and something about that Phil Hall fight where I'm just like, I, I just do not know. Even when I see his takedowns, they just seem like they're more like 
physical style takedowns more than just like technical. They're more like just kind of burly, explosive, get in there, pick you up, slam you down. And against a guy that's as dangerous with that guillotine as Worley, those are the type of takedowns where you can get your neck snatched up. So I am on Ikram here. And I have no real data to back up except for just like a fucking feeling in my nutsack that something tells me that Ikram is, I don't want to say on a fraud alert, but it feels like, and I mentioned it before, somebody's going to fuck up. I don't think this card's going all chalk. I don't know if it's going to be Ikram, but I don't like the way he strikes. I don't like his offensive striking. I don't like his defensive striking. I wish I could have seen a takedown attempt against Phil Hawes, because I think that if I would have seen a nice, clean takedown attempt on a very capable grappler in Phil's Hawes, that would have sold me a little bit more. But as you mentioned, he was getting hit. He found the shot, but... I mean, Phil Hall is the guy that I, I, no I could knock out. Yeah, I, I might be able to knock out Phil Hall's. I, I could knock out Phil Hall's. But <laughs> there's just something about Worley and the way that he fights. It just seems like <laughs> it just feels like this is just like a, a random fight for Worley to win. Right. I mean, he came in against Colby. Colby was a hot prospect. He found the guillotine, this and that. If I'm Worley, I come in. I just wait for the shot. I get that guillotine ready, and I know that I'm very anti-guillotine, but when you're a big dog like this and that's your best chance, have it ready, be there, see what happens. Maybe he finds it, maybe he doesn't. Ikram's the better fighter. He is my pick, but there's just something about Ikram. I don't I don't know. There's just something. To, I don't know if I trust him yet. I don't know, but I, I'm listening to everyone else, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Listen, I... <laughs> literally, I was like, I'm literally like, fuck, man. He's he is the better. I mean, it's a better wrestler, that's for sure. So, but he does get hit. And Worley fucking will throw some wild shit. Yeah, Worley's got a ton of power, but one punch at a time, not clean combinations. Phil Hawes and people were in the comment section, or maybe it was Discord. Well, who the hell fight were you watching? Phil Hawes pieced him up. LOL. It's like, yeah, I, I watched the fight. You did not clearly because Phil Hawes pieced him up was looking good Peace they were talking up. about they, yeah. in that fight they were talking about how you i think he he also went to thailand and was working on muay thai and stuff and they were complimenting like oh my god phil halls looks incredible yeah and then and i had a whoops. i had like a little 20 dollar bet on him at like plus 600 or something stupid like that and then obviously it, it went a little bit south but anyway uh we're both on the alice side i'm a little more confident than jacob uh, $9,500 he i He's one of my more confident huge favorites because I think he can out-wrestle and out-strike. Warley Alves has cardio issues in a full camp. This is short notice. So he might come out guns blazing, knowing that he doesn't have all the cardio just to try to get it done. Potentially could clip. But if he doesn't, he's going to slow down. And he, as soon as he slows down, that's going to be a big-time problem for him, especially against somebody like Ikram, who can wrestle, who can strike, who can do all of those things. If you want to see... Who we recommend for your DraftKings lineups. We're going to give you the um, cash cores, the GPP cores. We're going to give you the single entry cores. We're going to give you all the core plays for all that stuff. And if the fantasy doesn't mean anything to you, you don't know what the hell I'm talking about, it's okay. You're still going to get all the bets, all the picks, the round line leads. You're going to get our confidence in every single bet, every single pick. And frankly, it's not just me and Jakey Boy. There's five other people as well. Seven people's worth of picks, bets, round lanes, information, etc. We want picks.com only $10 a month. Next up at UFC 294, Say we have the right. featured fight of the evening. We have Magomed Ankalaev 
what would I say wrong? And former lock of the week winner. <laughs> you were, I mean, you you described every other minus money lock of the week minus loser. Money. Lock of the week winner, Johnny Walker. At minus money. Magomed Ankalaev, 18 and 1 overall, 4 0 and 1 in his last five. He is coming off that draw. By the way, that was with Jan Blahovic. My lock of the week dropped on a Thursday or Friday, and I had to scramble and pick someone. So, And you said, let me pick a minus money guy. Taking on Johnny Walker, 21 and 7 overall, 3 and 2 in his last five. He's riding a three fight win streak. Magomed Ankalaev, long, rangy kickboxer. He's going to use that range well. He does have some really nice kicks. Power in both of his hands and his feet. He is versatile in his attack style. He's got solid striking defense, but he can be low volume. If he gets into striking trouble, losing some of those exchanges, he will work in some wrestling. Uh, he averages about one takedown per 15 minutes. So not a ton, but it is there if he needs it. He has one single loss in his career and in the UFC, and that was his debut against Paul Craig where he literally was submitted with one second left to go after dominating. He's not the most exciting guy, but he could frankly be the best light heavyweight on the planet. He's coming off that draw, questionable on both sides, to Jan Blahovich, where he had two takedowns. The better striking statistics, but his leg was getting chewed up. Jan had some success there. Taking on Johnny Walker. This guy's big. He's athletic. He's 6'6". He's massive. He's fast. He's powerful. He'll take chances. He will spin. He's exciting. Very, very dangerous. All of those things. He did struggle for a little bit from 2021, early 2022, after he moved to the Conor McGregor's gym, that SBG Ireland gym. But he is currently riding a three-fight win streak, and he has looked fantastic. They seem to have done a good job controlling the chaos of Johnny Walker and you know letting him fight a little more technical. So he still does a little bit of crazy, but he's not so crazy that he's keeping himself exposed. The problem with that, and it's been working for him. He's looked great. His cardio looks great. He kept you his look power. Great. Thank you so much. Somebody said I don't look as fat. So I think that was a compliment. Was Somebody that your said, wife? No, she doesn't say anything like that. No, it was somebody in the comment section was like... She's like, you're back from your walk already? <laughs> <laughs> Honey, it's a uh, nice day. You sure you... <laughs> you sure you don't want to go back out there? No, somebody said um, uh, in my Quick Picks video, looking a little slim, I guess you cut out the bread or something. Like, yeah, I'll take it. Anyway, it's like, no. I was just hunting all morning, so I'm just severely dehydrated. So, But I, I'll take it. Anyway, the problem is, yes, Johnny Walker has looked good lately. Yes, he's been less crazy, but still crazy enough to make stuff happen. He needs to be full crazy to win this fight. Because if he's going to try to be even a little bit technical, like he was against Anthony Smith, oh, wow. and is going to piece him up yeah, and light someone, him up. Someone listened to my breakdown. I have not watched your bullshit. This is in my notes. And I already did this in a video that comes out three days before mm. yours does. So if Johnny Walker comes forward and he's the crazy Johnny Walker that's going to spin and dance and jump and do all the nonsense, he absolutely could catch Ankalaev and win this fight. But if he's going to dance around, slow down as the fight goes on, be technical like he did with Anthony Smith, he's going to lose. He's going to get pieced apart. I think Ankalaev dominates this fight. I think minus 350 is potentially a discount. And uh, I think he's going to beat the winner of Pajeda and Jiri Prohoshka and become the champion early next year. So Ankalaev is the pick. What do you think, Jakey Boy? It was kind of a wild little spiel there at the end. But I honestly think that Ankalaev is probably just a little bit overrated. 
And when it comes to this matchup, I'll be honest, former Lock of the Week winner, Johnny Walker, he was the mm. underdog versus Anthony Smith, surprising to everyone, but I was smart enough to pick him as my Lock of the Week. Absolutely dominated that fight. And I was looking for reasons. I mean, I see Johnny Walker against somebody that just came off a draw, got their leg beat up, was getting hit, looked like they were getting tired in that fight. It was five rounds, but, you know, I was looking for reasons to pick Johnny Walker in this matchup. And honestly, Angelo, I'm very impressed with your breakdown because that's exactly mm. how I saw it. I said the exact same thing in my breakdown and the fact that if this was the Johnny Walker of old, mixed with a little bit of the Johnny Walker with new, I think he is very, very live because he does have that power. I mean, everyone at 205 kind of has power, but he has had that crazy, wild power. But, as you mentioned, if he brings that same style against Anthony Smith, where he was just fucking standing right in front of Anthony Smith, and especially if he thinks he can bring that same style with the leg kicks, because I'm sure everyone's going to be like, oh my god, Jan lit up on Kalia's legs. Johnny Walker lit up Anthony Smith's legs. There it is. One plus one equals two. He's going to light up Ankalaev's legs, and he's going to win this fight. If he stands in front of Ankalaev and throws those naked leg kicks the way that he was throwing against Anthony Smith, he is going to get lit the fuck up. Ankalaev knows the game plan probably that's coming in for Johnny Walker, and the issue for Johnny Walker is he can get taken down. Ankalaev is not really a wrestler, but he can work in takedowns in control if he needs to. Ankalaev is the better technical striker in this matchup. I don't know if he's going to come in and absolutely smoke Johnny Walker. He is a guy that doesn't really look for finishes. The finishes kind of find him. He will just kind of be methodical and win decisions as well. It's not like he's 18-1 with 17 finishes, right? He's kind of half and half with the finish, with, with finishes and decisions. So I think he comes in, finds the shots, does enough, lands some damage on Johnny Walker. I know Johnny Walker, people kind of trash his chin. That, that, that shot against um, uh, Jamal Hill was kind of a weird shot. It was more of like an equilibrium, top of the head, the temple, kind of one of those weird shots that, that knocked him out. That fight sucked, though. He did nothing in that fight. Okay. He deserved. Cool. But if you watch that Anthony Smith, I mean, Anthony Smith landed some pretty good shots on Johnny Walker, and his chin seemed to hold up pretty well. So I don't know if he's going to come in and smoke Johnny Walker, but I definitely think he can definitely do enough because I believe, in my mind, that, that Kavanaugh, they just have this guy in a box right now. And it's been working, but against Ankalaev, like you said, which I, I think I said it first, but you know we'll get to that <laughs> okay. after the we'll, we'll Hey, we'll talk about with HR after the stream. Sure. But, um, you know, I just think that Kavanaugh might be uh, try to outsmart and get a little bit too weird in a game plan. And Johnny Walker, you got He's a peacock. You got to let him fly, baby. <laughs> That's how I see it, man. You got to let this guy fly. And if, I, if he just gets in the flow and starts turning back into Johnny Walker, it could be interesting. But if he just stands there, the way that he was flat-footed in front of Anthony Smith, it's not going to be good. <laughs> not going to be good. Nope, I hear you. And it's three rounds, which I think three rounds benefits both of them, honestly. But right. um, we're both on the Ankalaev side. Uh, there is a path for Johnny Walker. Anybody as huge, athletic, and dangerous as him has a path to victory. I don't think I'm going to spend the $9,100 on Ankalaev, though. I think this probably goes to a decision. Ankalaev, as you mentioned, does have some finishes. But for the most part, he's 
His path to winning this fight is keep it technical. Stay technical. Touch Johnny when Johnny makes mistakes. And Johnny's not just going to fold and get knocked out and anything like that. I just don't see that happening. Not like that. So I think Ankalaev is going to win this fight. I think he probably wins a decision. I think minus 350, those are honestly decent odds. Um, I'm not the prop guy. I'm not typically the guy that's going to say, oh, Magomed Ankalaev by decision. Did you just burp in the microphone after saying that shit to me last week? And I didn't do it. And you actually did. I wouldn't even say I was degenerate. Going, no, I was going to compliment you last week. I was like, "Oh, that was a pretty good one," but you were like, "No, I would never do that." Well, I'm a grown yeah, ass I'm man, not dis- so yeah, I'm not I will disgusting. Do it. I'm not disgusting. Yeah, I'm a grown ass man. Yeah, I fucking do. I am a disgusting pervert. <laughs> <laughs> you just had to add sexual deviant. I am. I am. I am a sexual sinner. I would agree. <laughs> I do. I do have safe words, Angelo. It's onomatopoeia. Okay, congratulations. No, anyway. but I will say too, it's not a pre, it's not a premium play. Um, but I did play, and I'm actually making sure that I did. I'm pretty sure I did. If not, I was thinking about it. And actually, I don't know if I actually did. Now that I'm looking at my bets right now, but Johnny Walker inside the distance decisional action. Uncle Live is tough though. Johnny Walker inside the distance decisional action is plus two seventy five. Uh, so is yeah, I mean. If nothing else, Uncle Live did show a lot of toughness in that last. I mean, he oh, his leg was leg hamburger his, meat. Yeah, both of his going. legs were fucked. <laughs> yeah, he just kept. And going. all of a sudden, it was like he couldn't walk, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, he's good. He just like yeah. he's like all of a sudden he's like, oh, but I shouldn't. It's like he's like, oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> well, so uh, both on the Ankle Live side, I'm going to avoid DraftKings. I think it's a decision. I think it's 90% striking. I don't think he's going to score very well for DraftKings fantasy. But there are some bets to be had here. I do have him in a parlay. And if you want to see that, wewantpicks.com. Click become a member. It is only $10 for an entire month. Sign up now. Cool. More ice, huh? More sexual frustration. You ever do the uh, the ice in the bedroom? Next up at UFC 294. More of a guy. guy, huh? We have Kamaru Uzman. Take it on Hamzat Shemaev. As you know, Kamaru Usman stepping up on short notice after back-to-back losses to Leon Edwards. But he is 20-3 and three in his career. Only 3-2 and two in his last five. Those two losses are Leon Edwards. But before that, a giant chunk and a very, very long reign as the welterweight champion. Take it on Hamzat Shemaev. 12-0. Undefeated. Coming back after a year away. This is at middleweight. I don't know if we can make a huge deal over the size. I guess we'll see at weigh-ins. But Hamzat was a 70-pounder. Yes, he missed weight pretty dramatically, but he was also a 70-pounder. So, you know, I don't know if he's going to be tremendous, if they're going to be about the same size. I guess we will find out come Friday. But the reality is, this is an interesting matchup. I like this matchup more than the Paolo Costa matchup, honestly. That's such a casual thing to say. Why is that a casual thing to say? I mean, this one is definitely probably a closer fight, but the Costa fight would have been much more exciting. Uh, it might have been more exciting because like Costa blood, is always like, in a well, and, and he's like, always in a fun fight, Costa. But I this I, I want to see how good Hamzat's wrestling actually is, and this is what we're gonna find out because Kamara Usman is a very good wrestler. He's a very accomplished wrestler. He's a very good wrestler. Arguably, top two welterweights of all time. I think he's number two after George St. Pierre. I think you have to say George St. Pierre is the best welterweight of all time. Kamara Usman number two. He's an accomplished wrestler. He has what improved does that his make striking. Leon? 
he's not even in the conversation yet. He won two fights against. He's okay. Well, if if I if you're the best and I beat you twice, guess let's what? See, guess what? That fucking put, makes me. Let's let's see if Kamara Usman beats Hamzat Shemaev, then wow, Leon Edwards is very good. If Kamara Usman loses again and he's just old and slow, well then Leon got lucky in timing. That's all that is. Matt Hughes is probably the third best welterweight of all time. GSP beat him because he was old and on the you know the downside of his career. After Matt Hughes had beat GSP earlier in his Speaking career, of so the timing devil, I, I is got everything for you. Here. Can I? Can I? Let me get to the. No, we're gonna account. go right here because you mentioned it. <clears throat> you want some MMA math? Let's have some fun here. I heard your FYI. Math. Excuse no. me. Excuse me. Ryan Hall beat BJ Penn, <sighs> who beat Matt Hughes, who beat GSP. Who beat Bisping, who beat Anderson Silva, who beat Vitor Belfort, who almost beat John Jones. Therefore, MMA math, Ryan Hall would fucking smoke John Jones. Thank you very much. The worst part about that is you didn't see any of those fights, and I've seen every single one of them. Um, excuse me? I saw Which on that list did you see? You didn't see any of them. Not one. I saw Thank you. not one. You didn't even know MMA existed until another ginger showed up. Sort of yelling. No, we used bullshit. to go to we used to go to Hooters on Saturday nights, and we would make fun of all the people that were there to watch UFC fights because they always had the bedazzled jeans and the fucking what was no, the affliction? Shirts? Yeah, yeah affliction. the affliction shirts. Oh, like, dude, I had a rampage dude, we would, Jackson we affliction always, shirt, and it was awesome. We would always talk to the waitresses like, "How about these fucking UFC nerds?" And they'd be like, "Oh my god, they're the worst tippers. They're the worst." The fucking I'd put the riz on those you on those fucking Hooters. You never you want to see maximum. <laughs> Is. You sure. put me inside of a Hooters. You put me inside of a Hooters. Oh my god! I'm sure it's like Michael Scott with the ordering a chicken breast. No, and act, act no. like a complete loser. I get them all of a sudden. I'm like, oh, she's like, I'm not even your waitress. I just, you just have such good energy. You're so funny. Okay. Anyway, I don't even know where the hell I was. Other than Kamaru <laughs> Usman, phenomenal welterweight. Coming up in weight, stepping up on short notice. He's got wrestling. The striking has improved. He knocked out George Masvidal. He, you know, we, we've seen the power. He handled Kobe Covington's wrestling. He's only been taken down officially one time. He's been taken down twice. Everybody knows it. Officially one time ever. That was Leon Edwards. I'd argue he was caught off guard, but, you know, it is what it is. He has 17 fights in the UFC with 59 takedowns and six title defenses. So he's one of the more accomplished people in this sport. He is stepping up on short notice. He is fighting Hamzat Shamayev. Shamayev is the uh, the dark horse of the division, right? He's an unknown. People don't necessarily know how good is he? Is it hype? Like, where are we in the arc of Hamzat Shamayev? Did he peak in COVID when he had those quick wins, those quick turnarounds? Or is he just legitimately that good? Because we have heard legends and, and stories of his work ethic, of how good he is, of how he's beating people up. Everybody on the planet wants to train with the guy. According to the stories and according to what we've seen, he's a phenomenal wrestler, does have pretty good cardio. We saw him slow down a little bit uh, in the Gilbert Burns fight, but phenomenal wrestler, decent striking, insanely tough, and just doesn't stop. He does have one-punch power. We've seen that. He's got big-time grappling. We've seen that. He's got wrestling. We've seen that. He's tough. He'll come forward. That Gilbert Burns fight, on one hand, you say, what a sloppy mess. How the hell did you end up in that stupid fight with Gilbert Burns? On the other hand, it's like, he just didn't feel like wrestling. So that's the fight that he fought. And if he felt like wrestling, it would have been different. The reality is, I think 
he wins this fight. If this was a few years ago, though, and it was a full camp, I would have picked Kamaru Usman. Because when he was wrestling nonstop and coming forward and did have the striking and all those things, you know, a 32-year-old, 33-year-old Kamaru Usman was a very dangerous guy. At this age, after getting knocked out just two fights ago, getting dropped by Gilbert Burns before that, I think Hamzat Shemaev can come forward, win some of the striking exchanges. We're going to find out about the wrestling exchanges, and I do think short notice is going to matter. I obviously expect somebody like Kamaru Usman to pretty much be in shape most of the time. But keep in mind, he relies on his cardio. His cardio is his best asset. He relies on it. And it's not 100% going to be there. It is a three-round fight that should benefit him, but there's no way he's going to be in the shape he needs to be in. He didn't have a fight on the books. He's stepping up, saw an opportunity, he's taking it, good for him. But I think Usman loses this fight. Minus 300 seems fair to me. I like Hamza Shemayev to win. What do you think, Jakey Boy? So, if you don't know, I am a very vocal Usman hater. Can you confirm that, Angelo? I have been very I, vocal I can about how overrated Usman was. Leon Edwards was my lock of the week. Two straight times versus Usman. We put $1,000 on Leon in the last matchup. We won that convincingly. So I am very biased against a guy like Kamar Usman. I, I respect what he did as a champion and as a fighter, but just him, like, <laughs> just his like whisper, all that stuff just drives me insane. So with that said, when this fight dropped or the Costa fight dropped, I was bombed, right? I, I, I think that that was going to be a more entertaining fight. And I, in my immediate reaction was, oh, Usman coming up, old guy slowing down. Jimmy, I was going to finish this fight in three minutes. It is what it is. You know, I appreciate him stepping up, but that's the way it is. Then I started really watching the film and starting really kind of I almost had to kind of reteach myself and relearn how fucking good Kamar Usman actually was when he was the champ. And honestly, in that last matchup versus Leon, that was much closer than I thought it was going to be. That I was thought he won close, the fight. Yeah, that was a very close fight. I was in pins and needles for that decision. He came through, made the adjustments, and he didn't even need to dominate the wrestling in that matchup to, to make that a close fight versus a very capable striker. Kamar Usman is a much, much, much harder fight than Paulo Costa, even on short notice. I'm telling you that right now, because Paulo Costa was going to come in, act wild, be crazy. Chimeyev was going to be able to capitalize on those mistakes. Usman is here to win. Usman is, he is a very methodical fighter. Usman is going to be the better striker in this matchup. And if, if, if Chimeyev, cannot get the takedowns, and he struggled to get the takedowns versus Burns. That first takedown he tried to get, he got it. Burns got back to his feet, but he worked hard to get that takedown. Usman's a better wrestler than Burns. He's a bigger guy than Burns. Usman's going to be very strong at 185. If Chimaev cannot get the takedowns, and he starts fighting this fight, like he fought against Gilbert Burns, he's going to lose. He's going to lose this matchup. I don't think that he can outstrike Usman. Maybe if this was... Maybe if this was five rounds, because of the short notice, he starts to come back alive. He's a capable striker, Chimaev is. Usman is the better striker. Go back and watch those Colby fights. Go back and watch the, the Gilbert fight. Go watch the Jorge fights. This guy has a very powerful, snappy jab. He has very good power in the pocket. We saw a 155 Gilbert Burns hurt Chimaev. Usman is the better striker, but I think Chimaev's going to be able to do enough. I know I've been talking up Usman. Chimaev is going to be my pick, but I am a little bit worried. I have him in a parlay, right? I placed that immediately. 
because I was like, oh yeah, he's definitely going to win this fight. I think that he's going to be relentless enough in at least the grappling attempts to be able to win a couple rounds, but I don't think this is going to be a walk in the park at all. And if he really struggles to get those takedowns, and he really is working hard to try to get those takedowns early, and he starts to fade, and this turns into just kind of that Gilbert Burns back-and-forth striking battle, Kamar Usman could come in and fucking win this fight. So I have all the respect in the world for the, the, the abilities and capabilities that Usman is bringing into this fight. If it stays standing, I think he has a very, very good shot of winning this fight. I just feel like Chimaev is going to be a little bit too relentless with the grappling. I don't know if he's going to get the takedowns, but at least to be able to steal, round, run, steal rounds and win this fight. So my pick is Chimaev, but I know a lot of people are like, oh, Chimaev's going to come in and smoke this guy. This is a fucking hard fight. This is a hard fight. And if this wasn't short notice, if this was a, if this was a scheduled fight, I would imagine the odds would almost be a pick em, in my mind. Maybe not a pick him, but it would be closer. I, I, I'm putting a lot into short notice. Somebody, like I said, somebody like Usman relies on cardio. Cardio is his biggest asset. And he's not, I don't think he's going to be out of shape, but it's it's just going to be different. And he may not trust his cardio. And if he doesn't trust his cardio, he's not going to push the pace. And if he's not pushing the pace, he's reacting. So I think Shemaev wins this fight. It sounds like you do too. I'm probably a little more confident than you. But the line the line has moved, but it like moves up a little bit, comes back down, moves up a little bit, comes back not, down. I'll be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not confident really at all. It, I, I think this is going to be a fucking sweat. I was far more confident until you started running your mouth. But um, I, I just think all, that whole narrative of he's old, he's slow, his knees are broken, all that bullshit, all of a sudden it doesn't matter. He's young, he's fast, his knees are great. Like, come on. Like, come on. Well, I don't bullshit. think his, his knees, your knees are going to affect you more in training than fights. I don't think his knees hurt in a fight, but they're going to affect more your training. And he really didn't have really training for this fight. So I will say this is another one of those fights where if Chimayev does not win this first round, I think he's fucked. I think he's fucked. My biggest fear, I'm not worried about the skills. Or I, I'm actually worried that Shimaev might be a mental midget. That's what worries me a little bit. Because people have been asking for a year. When's he fighting next? And Dana's like, hey, he's got some stuff going on. He's got to figure out. And it's like, oh, like what kind of stuff? So we'll see what happens. I'm very intrigued by this fight. I like this fight a lot. Like I, I said, like it now. Like I said, I, I hated it. But now I'm like, I think this can be a, a, a really good fight. Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to this fight. Last thing I'll address, you said this too, but so did this guy. Burns is a 155er, and he almost knocked out Hamzat. Go watch the Usman fight. He dropped Usman. Usman dropped. No, he like, didn't he even dropped really, Usman. He didn't really even go down. Usman did. He like went to like a hand and then got right he back dropped, up. Dropped, dropped him. I mean, it's not like he fell backwards. Jimmy, I've actually dropped. fell down. Usman like just kind of like went to a hand and then bounced right back up. Like yeah, not Usman did. The and then Usman knocked out Gilbert Burns. <laughs> the next <laughs> with round. a jab, boom. Yes, that jab is. I'm, I'm telling you, people don't. People, I don't think people really appreciate. And I didn't really appreciate until I went back and started watching fights. That dude's a very good. Not only is he a good striker, but the power that he possesses in the pocket, I think, is one of the. I think he's one of the more powerful strikers in the division, if not the most powerful in the pocket. Like that, I think he's gonna fucking catch Chimaev at one point. There's gonna be a point where it's gonna be like he's gonna catch him. Chimaev's gonna stumble. Usman's going to smirk. And if you have, if you ever see in this fight Usman smirking, you better cash out all your fucking Chimaev bets. We will see. $7,300 in DraftKings, probably a decent underdog play if you are as passionate as Jacob is. $8,900 in DraftKings for Shanaev. 
I probably will fade him in DraftKings because you're going to need a good amount of grappling, potentially a finish. I don't know if he'll get that. Usman is very, very tough. Obviously, we watched Leon Edwards knock him out, but that was a perfect head kick at the perfect time. I don't think we're going to see that again. Um, but I do think Shemaev come out, work him. Usman could uh, potentially slow down and fade a bit. Um, I think Shemaev's wrestling is, is going to work a little better for him than Kobe Covington's wrestling will. So... I think he's going to win, but I'm not going to spend the $8,900 on him in DraftKings. If you do want to see all the bets that we have going on in this fight, as well as the line moving track and all the other tools, wewantpicks.com. Click become a member. It is only $10 a month. And then we have the main event of the evening, another switcheroo. Islam Makachev finds himself in another rematch. He was supposed to be fighting Charles Oliveira for the second time. Instead, he's getting Alexander Volkanovsky on short notice for the second time. This is an immediate rematch for Islam. He just fought. Alexander Volkanovsky, and he beat him. A lot of people think that it was close. A lot of people think that Alexander Volkanovsky won that fight. I rewatched it. Stat-wise and actual fight-wise are very different things. According to the stats, it was insanely close. In their first fight, there was only one knockdown, and that came from Volkanovsky. In their first fight, Volkanovsky landed 164 strikes to Islam's 95. He defended five of Islam's nine takedowns, and he had three minutes of his own control time to Islam's seven. So on paper, it was all very close. In reality, you watch the fight. It's a 10-9 must system. To me, it seems pretty obvious that Islam wins. But let's go ahead and break them down. Skill-wise, we know Islam. Insane wrestler. He's going to come forward. He's going to strike with you. He's going to shoot. He will always work in the wrestling, regardless of what success he may or may not be having in the striking department. And his striking actually looked pretty good against Volkanovski in that first fight. He's an underrated striker, puts his hands together pretty well. He's averaging more than three takedowns per fight. And you might say, oh, that's a low number. We broke down Muhammad Makayev. That's averaging seven. But the difference is Islam holds you down. He takes you down. It's very hard to get out from underneath him. He, How many layers of skin? Eight layers. Uh, I'm just, I can't get over the fact that uh, I didn't realize that Islam is uh, Brazilian and uh, Volkanovski's Saudi now, so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I screwed that up, honestly. Because that wasn't even the previous fight. I don't know how I screwed that up. Yeah, you got a little, got a little zealous. I get it. I, 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 love, I love Brazil as well. It's always on my mind. <laughs> anyway, uh, Islam, underrated striker. His wrestling is exactly what you expect from him, but he does have phenomenal control if he gets you down. Taking on Alexander Volkanovsky. As we know, this guy is a cardio machine, constantly pressuring forward, throwing hands like crazy, can work in takedowns, can submit you, can get you going. Is he going to knock you out with one punch on your feet? Probably not. He did have the knockdown against Islam in their first fight. But he's not really a power guy, but he is a busy guy with a million miles of cardio, landing six significant strikes per minute. He averages almost two takedowns per 15 minutes. And that is all just a testament to how well-rounded he is. He might literally be one of the most well-rounded fighters of all time. It's like Jose Aldo and Alexander Volkanovski are the two most well-rounded fighters that have ever existed. And Volk, you could argue, maybe a little more well-rounded because he actually uses offensive wrestling. But all of that aside, Volkanovski stepping up on short notice. As Jacob mentioned last week, Volkanovski literally talked about, I'm coming off the couch. Like, literally coming off the couch into this fight. I was not training. I wasn't preparing. Well, I just, no, he I just said he's, he's always training. Yeah, but not training, training. Going to the gym, getting some rounds in is not 
training camp training. He did just sign the contract to fight Ilya, so maybe that was going to get his juices flowing. But I still think... He still says he's fighting Ilya. He's like, why wouldn't I? I mean, he could have fought Ilya after the last loss too, meaning like he didn't... He lost to Islam in that last fight. It was a back-and-forth fight, but it wasn't... There was no permanent damage, no giant cuts or anything like that. Well, I think he broke his hand, but... I'm picking Islam. I think Islam's going to come forward and wrestle heavy. The reality is they left that fight. And and Khabib has been very vocal about that was a really tough fight. It was tougher than we expected. We thought it was going to go a little bit differently, but we still got the win. So I think they're aware enough to realize, holy shit, maybe uh, we got a little lucky here. And they're going to make their adjustments. There's nothing for Volkanovski to adjust. He literally fought the best possible fight he could have ever fought, and he still lost. And now it's going to be short notice. I think Islam is going to come out, wrestle heavy, come forward, push that pace, and uh, I think Islam's going to win this fight by a much wider margin. So I love Islam, and minus 250 seems fantastic to me. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Yeah, first of all, I respect everything that Alexander Volkanovsky is and brings into this. He, and I mentioned in my quick pick video, he is one of those, he is everything that every fighter thinks that they are. As far as like an actual fucking competitor, and you know, you're, you're a competitor. I, I consider myself, I don't think anyone's more competitive than me. I fucking hate losing more than anything. People talk all the time about being actual competitors. Volkanovsky is an actual competitor. That guy competes. He is there to win every single time. And I, I just have all the respect in the world for him to to accept this fight and bring in this fight. And to that point, he could be playing mind games. He could have been ready for this type of situation, knowing that, you know, maybe Charles has struggled with weight cuts before and Islam struggled with weight cuts before and this and this, and maybe he gets a phone call. Maybe he's just saying, oh, I was on holidays. Now, don't worry about it, guys. I was on holidays. I haven't been training. I'm, I'm just going to go in there. He's even saying this week, like, I'm not, you know, I probably don't even want it to go five rounds. I'm just going to go for it. This could be all just be sandbagging. This could have been the guy been working his ass off, just getting ready. Maybe that there was an opportunity that he gets his phone call. And if that's the case, and maybe Islam is kind of like slacking off a little bit because, oh, short notice, I beat him last time. We've made the adjustments. There could be a situation. If there's anyone, if there's anyone that can come in on 10 days notice, honestly, two people but if there's anyone that can come in on 10 days notice and upset a guy that he just lost to as Angelo mentioned where he had like the perfect camp and the perfect game plan everything went well and to upset him again and, and it would be the craziest story in the world it probably is a guy like Anders Alexander Volkanovsky he just is that one percent I mean that 0.01 percent of athletes um that with just that mentality with that said I have to, I guess, take him at his word with the short notice that he was. I think he is just kind of an honest guy. Like, yeah, I was just on the holidays and this and that. I'm going to see how it goes. I'm going to do my best in there, and I think he is going to do his best. But I think Islam is going to get to that point where he's just going to have a little bit more control than the first round. He's going to be a little bit more ready, as Angelo mentioned, than the first fight. I, I think that eventually that's just going to wear down Volkanovski, and this is probably going to be uh, you know, a 49-46 type of decision for Islam. So I respect Volkanovski. I understand what he brings. The biggest issue for Volkanovski in this fight is 
when he fought Islam, he probably should have won basically every single striking exchange. He is probably the better, he is the better striker in this matchup. But when you watch that fight, and I kind of got kind of got destroyed for saying this, but Islam won a lot of those exchanges. Islam was doing very well on the feet. I know he kind of started slowing down towards the end there, but if you can't even win the striking exchanges, pretty much all of them versus Islam, he's going to be a tough guy to beat because you're definitely not going to win the wrestling and the grappling. So I'm going to Islam here. I respect Volkanovski, but... I think it could be kind of Volkanovski just kind of gets worn down, and I don't think he's gonna get finished. But he's coming off. Volkanovski is coming off a great fight where he beat the absolute shit out of your lock of the week. Another failed lock of the week by Jacob. Got his ass kicked by Alexander Volkanovski. Now um, that was uh, that fight was starting to turn before the absolute awful headbutt. <laughs> I mean, you can laugh at that, but that's literally what turned the fight. Yair just did not respond well after. That. I mean, he literally knocked him out with a headbutt, and then he just kept fighting, and he got dropped after that. I was there live. I remember none of it. Anyway, $8,700 in DraftKings, probably worth it. That's, frankly, a bit of a discount. You're going to get five rounds, potentially a whole bunch of control time, which scores well in DraftKings, some takedowns, which scores well. I don't know about a finish. I'm not going to go here and say that one of the greatest featherweights of all time is going to get finished in this fight. He didn't get finished last time. I don't know if he's going to get finished this time, but... I do think $8,700 in DraftKings is probably worth it. You and I seem to be on the same page. Are you going to spend the money on Islam in your DraftKings fantasy lineup? Probably. Somebody said, yeah, go. and Islam should have been winning all the wrestling. I mean, basically did until like the very end. So, Yeah, and uh, honestly, it's to me, it's actually harder to win every single wrestling and grappling exchange than it is to win every striking exchange. And I will say to your point, because you you said you didn't know if, if who won the fight or whatever. In my mind, because I watch, I've watched it a few times now. If that fight is in Vegas, I think Volkanovski wins that decision because Islam had that. There was one round where he had basically controlled the entire round, but did nothing with it, and that was the the round where Volkanovski's like just punched him. Yeah, like, yeah. Like he was on his back, and I think they would have given that round to uh, Volkanovski, and it could have swayed that fight. But anyway, well, it's, it wasn't even a split decision; it was a unanimous decision. Yeah, and, and I people think there were 149 46 in there as well. Yeah, I mean, people do talk about it like it was this super razor thing. Like, it was pretty clear decision. And I I think what ends up happening is people, you expect it to go one way, and you expect that Volkanovsky was going to get the absolute piss beaten out of him, and then he didn't. And then you're like, wow. Like, well, that was a close fight. It's like, was it close, or was it just not the murder that you thought it was going to be? Yeah, 49, so, 46, 48, 47, 48, 47. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty clear win, at least on paper. But I did read off the stats, which made it a pretty close fight. Anyway, guys, wewantpicks.com. Click become a member. It is only $10 a month. You'll get so much for that $10, more than you will ever find anywhere else. That's just a straight-up fact. If you find better value in sort of a premium MMA offering, let me know. You will get a month for free. You just can't do it. It is impossible do me a favor, do all the things, sign up. You'll unlock the line movement tracker. This is going to give you the opening odds, the current odds, the win probability, and the line movement for every single fighter and every single card. And what this does is it helps you identify trends. You're going to see that the wild line movement of the Trevor Peak fight. And maybe you were going to be betting against him. And that insane movement might scare you away, understandably so. You're going to get the detailed data, metrics, and analytics. This is going to give you every single fighter on the card. They're going to be grouped by their matchup. And as you work your way across, you're going to see the reach, the height, the average takedowns per 
15 minutes, the average significant strikes landed, the average significant strikes absorbed. You can take all that data and apply that to the prop bets, whether it's prize picks, underdog, better, or you can apply it to the bet online prop bets there as well. You're gonna get courses. We talk a lot about DraftKings in this video, and if you don't know what that is, well, click on more and then courses, and there's gonna be a full course walking you through exactly what DraftKings Fantasy is and how you can play it. You're also gonna get more than just me and Jakey Boy. You're gonna get five other people breaking down fights, giving you picks, insight, all of those things like Artem and the Pick Doctor. And you're gonna get the safety parlay. Historically, it has been very successful, 1.78 units. On average per month, we've had 11 months of safety parlays, 19 months of net profit. And if you want to mail us something, mail us something. And finally, follow all the socials. We are streaming from this second YouTube channel on purpose to get you to subscribe here, to get more awareness to this channel. Subscribe to everything. Click all the buttons. It costs literally nothing. Any last words for the people? Uh, you know... Lock of the week is uh, probably going to be tomorrow, and I just want to say, you know, kind of bear with me. This is a uh, this is <laughs> this is a this is a very interesting week. You know, the funny thing is, is people literally, I've I've literally set the bar so high that people literally expect me to pick hundred percent. I went seven <laughs> and three in eleven weeks. Right, we had that draw on there. Seven and three, picking all underdogs. I miss one week. And then the very next lock of the week gets a knockdown, almost gets a first-round finish, and all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, my God, this guy doesn't know what the fuck's going on. They pick, what am I doing? You can't, most people don't even pick regular fights at 70%. I'm almost doing that with underdogs, Angelo. It's just crazy. The bar I've set so high with so much success, they may, they, they really expect, expect me to pick 100%. It's a wild world out there, Jakey boy. But it's it'll a wild be, uh, world. It'll be uh, live tomorrow. We'll see. And then uh, on this channel, so make sure you subscribe, and our main channel as well. Yep, everything will be back to normal after this event. This is just a, hey, midday pay-per-view. Let's bring some eyes, but follow all the socials. We've got 25,000 people between the two YouTube channels. Follow all the socials. Thanks so much for the watch, guys. Like, subscribe, do all the things, and we'll see you in a little bit.